podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello. And welcome to the Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome, one and all, to episode 427 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring, and given that it's between Christmas and New Year, I've got some vodka, martini, and a cocktail shaker uh, ready to go. I've got a vodka martini in hand. I'll probably be able to have a few during the course of the show, I reckon. Let's see how we go. Um, Good work. Uh, I'm 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 trying. Uh, as always, I am joined by Becky Foster. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Those sexy motherfuckers in their village of inequity and iniquity, even and sin, uh, where the bar staff are all attractive uh, to both genders and. <laughs> Comes flying all over the place. Yep, that, that that's a, that's pretty much a accurate portrait of our of Avery's life, isn't that's it? That's fair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Love it. Absolutely love it. Hope everybody had a lovely Christmas. Um, we're recording uh, Thursday, the thirtieth of December. So New Year's has not happened yet. Um, I got spike vaxxed today, and uh, let's see uh, if that affects me during the recording. I don't think that will. I think the vodka martinis will. Um, so, what have we got coming up this week? I actually don't know, because I haven't cleared exactly what everyone's seen. So, we will be uh, adding to the uh, the discourse, uh, here, here's more opinions. Because um, <laughs> that's, the- that's exactly what the fucking world needs right now. <laughs> Jesus, wet. Uh, Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Um you know, which, this time which, last... which literally could be a description of what you shouldn't do. Just don't look up, Adam McKay. Here's don't look up. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, so uh, the film Twitter 
uh, punching bag slash holy saint of last week, the Matrix Resurrections. Um, and then, do we have any other future reviews? Uh, we we don't have a feature review of um, being is it being the Ricardos? It is being it? the Ricardos. I'll yeah. talk about that later. We, yeah. we we didn't get to that. We're going to get to it, but we just we we just ran out of time, didn't we? Um, but we did. We we had a choice. Essentially, we were there going right. Do we do uh, being Ricardos, or because we had to go and drop Isabel off in York, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Or do we go? Or do we do the King's Man? While we're in York, quickly, uh, well, not quickly, but while we're in York there, and we can time it with those, can't we? And we thought, I think Ian's going to want us to do the King's Man more than being the Ricardos. So we did that, didn't we? We did. Which I will very much agree with. Fucking. So, Becky, you saw the King's Man? I did. Despite having, like, no interest last week. God, I hope. Um, I'm intrigued. We'll find out. Oh, we'll find out. But yeah, I I agree with that. But yeah, yeah, we um, I I think we'll have a boatload of um of what we've been watching. Um, we've got uh, there's definitely some trailers. Don't think there's necessarily any movie news, but it's probably stuff we can talk about. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards will be uh, uh uh restarting the Michael Mann shows next week. Um, also. I think we're doing a Scream series. I assumed we would be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. So I think what the plan will be then is next week we will do uh, men doing their jobs really fucking well, uh, taking a look at Heat. The week after, let's take a week off of that because to be fair, we're going to have four Scream films to watch. Yeah. Um, and then we'll resume Michael Mann the week after. So, um, yeah, content um, is uh, pretty free-flowing at the moment. Um, nothing new on there this week, just because, like, Christmas, New Year, uh, my daughter's birthday, uh, but we already kind of trailed that last week anyway. So, um, let's let's get into it. Um I, I suppose it's probably uh, to talk about in like don't look up a Matrix Resurrections, but um, and I, I know I know Mark's got opinions here um, at, at least. Um, people need to stop reacting to other people, mm. um, and and but also people need to stop making really definitive statements that I I'm sure they would say. Well, they're not trying to bait anyone. Yeah, you kind of are, are though, aren't you? Mm. Um, we're, we're, you know, we'll get into the films in question, but don't look up in particular. Is that the, that's going to run for months and months because that film is going to get multiple Oscar nominations, and the Oscars yes. aren't until March. Yes. Over to you, Mark. Yeah, it's. I have been a little bit less active within the. Um, the discourse of it all, um, partially because I just I, I find it all a mixture of um, amusing and irksome. Uh, I think I would say so. The what I would say is the actual the the, the general discourse about don't look up, um, and I, I think you can throw the major resurrections into that as well. Um, without getting into what we're going to talk about within the reviews, um, I, I think we can cover that without doing that. Is um, 
it, it seems like they've been the two movies that everyone's been talking about, which is cool because they're the two movies that are out. But it kind of also follows on a little bit from the the Spider Man um, discourse that was going around a few weeks ago, um, in the sense that it's it seems like what's happened is a lot of people have had time off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And have not yeah. wanted to actually sort of discourse with people around them. Um, or the people that are around them don't care about their views on the Matrix Resurrections. So what's happened is they've spent their entire time winding themselves up by scrolling and, 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 and having blind rage arguments with, with people who they don't know and they don't converse with because unfortunately now Twitter can actually just throw whatever it wants at you, whether or not you follow people or not. I frequently um, see um, see tweets from people that I actively do not follow. Mm. And they're not even just retweets. It's like, person, person blah and blah has liked this tweet. It's like, right, but yeah. I, I okay. don't follow that person. Yeah. <laughs> Can you... T- how do I... I actually had to Google it to say, how do I turn this off? And you basically can't. In the same way as I don't think that everything that I like should appear in somebody else's... What is it? If I want somebody to see something... That I've seen that I go, ooh, I agree with that. Or, ooh, I like that. I'll retweet it. Exactly, yeah. So there's, there's that. But also, that's what I do think a little bit of this is too many people have had time off. Mm. And have had time off where they're, they're doing this thing there. But the other point is, it's a point that you raised there, Ian, that I thought was really interesting, that, that, I, that I, I vehemently agree with, is this matter-of-factness that started... So it's these people who are basically, and it's usually followed by "Don't at me," which is a bit like, "Why, right, why are you here then? Why are you here then? Yeah. Go and post it as your status on Facebook. Oh, it's because none of your racist uncles are going to try and respond to you talking about racist resurrections. It, it, it's it's that it's this idea of, um, of of stating something and saying. This is this is what it is, mm. not a discourse or not. I found this from it. Mm. It's how dare they say this or how dare like someone actually having a go saying that uh, that Lena Wachowski shouldn't have an opinion on the Matrix. She fucking wrote it. <laughs> and it, it it it's this this weird oddity of. And I, I I go through it every so often with, with Twitter. I, I I still use Twitter. I still I still quite enjoy Twitter, but I don't post and I don't engage with it anywhere near as much as I I used to. Yeah. And and every so often I go, maybe I should a little bit more. And I and I I kind of in twenty twenty two I actually want to. There are certain things I will not post about. So I I won't post about football on Twitter. Just because there's just no point. That is a cesspool now. It's gone. It's done. Can't do it. Just can't do it. I might occasionally respond to somebody who's chatting with it and have a brief little conversation with it, but I'm not going to post about a game that I'm watching. Just not going to fucking go there. There's no point. Can't be asked with it. Don't have the time, patience, or amusement for it. Um, but it's just this... 
Why does everybody constantly... Like, somebody might put out a thing saying, oh, just watch Don't Look Up. Thought it was a really engaging blah, 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 about blah, 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 right? And then immediately, 30 people go, it's bullshit, it's fucking shit, and this bit was shit, and what about this bit? This? It's like... A massive pile on, isn't it? Why? It's just... The, 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 the reams of just negativity and need to be right... I mean, one thing I will say though, and I mean I agree with that like ninety nine percent. That one percent, Adam McKay and the co writer whose name I don't care to remember, um, have not exactly been above it all. Um, they've they've both come out with some tweets where it it does feel like. You, you, it, it, it's accusing people who don't like it of maybe not as much being climate change deniers, but like refusing to understand the message that the film is trying to send. And I saw a very interesting tweet by someone, I, I, I'm ever so sorry, I can't remember who, but they were saying that th- this is a thing that is still, it, it is, it has been kind of bubbling up where the morality of the message and the quality of the film is something that I think a lot of film Twitter has been very um, guilty of in in the last few years, of going, well, this is a film with a strong message, so this is a good film. Oh, yeah, and I, 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 I think I, mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly again on that. I think there is the... It, it's something that I've always had a, an issue with... Um, in general, in films. So, like, when people say, oh, I mean, at least it was ambitious. It's like, right, an ambitious failure is still a failure. I don't care how fucking ambitious you were. It just means you didn't have the skills to actually pull it off. Um, and, yeah, the morality thing there, it's like you can't like some, you can't say something's bad or you can't dislike something if its message is right. Well, yeah, that's, no, I, that's unfair. Exactly. And But the thing... That... that <laughs> It, that does seem to have um, kind of congealed now, where it's essentially if we know we know the message, stop trying to cram it down our throats. Uh, you know, stop like it. It, it that that it's weird because now it, it it's like Adam McKay and co-writer seem to be kind of implying. Well, you should at least, at le- the very least, like what the film is trying to do. So you should like the film, really. And then, but then a few years back, that's kind of what film Twitter was doing. With, uh, I'm ever so sorry. The first one that comes up to mind here: potential trigger warning for people. Just, just in terms of how much they might like it, Selma. Um, yeah, that yeah, film. Yeah, you know, I, I, I honestly. If that film was not about what it was about, I don't think it it would have got half. And also, in combination with the fact that it kind it got snubbed in so much that it only got nominated for a few Oscars, um, that that kind of combined there. But th- 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 this is and and this is the kind of the the discourse thing that worries me is. You know, you've got you, you've got this kind of equivalence between quality and message, and then you you've got people really backlashing at that. And I think your point that you made there, Mark, that 
people have been sat with their families who don't give a fuck about films for the last week or so, whereas previously they might be in Slack channels or Teams channels about it with like-minded people able mm. to talk about it, and they they don't have they don't have that outlet. You know, it, it it's I mean it, it it's fascinating. I um, it, it, it my my Christmas was um my brother-in-law and sister-in-law basically saying, well, we don't really watch movies now. You know, they just watch TV, and it's like, but it's like, yeah, all right, then fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just I move on with it. It feels like a lot of these folks are just like, I have to have a fucking opinion and get it out there, and then getting tricked. <laughs> It's funny, people are tweeting about Don't Look Up. The filmmakers of Don't Look Up are then reacting to those tweets and then other people are reacting to the filmmakers of Don't Look Up tweeting about negative reaction to it. So it's just this fucking messy feedback loop. Yeah. And all, all I can think of, like, spoil, spoiler alert for, you know, what, what I'm thinking... Between liking being the Ricardos and kind of liking Matrix Resurrections and liking Don't Look Up, fucking, I, the, the, the crosshairs that would be on me <laughs> if I was any fucking substantial part of film Twitter, I tell you what. Yeah, you know, well, uh, I, 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 uh, my views now on film Twitter are kind of a little bit like literally. Um, like, like it's this ball of fucking cats and fucking dogs, <laughs> just like, having a mass fucking brawl, and all you can just see occasionally is a paw or something like that, and then just dust settling and everything like that. And I'm just kind of looking at it going, fucking hell, what's going on over there? <laughs> no. And occasionally, occasionally, I might go, walk up to it and just prod it, and then fucking just stand back and go, I'm gonna fucking just go and see what that's done. <laughs> It just, it's fucking, it's entertaining. That's yeah. like, and I think that's the perspective that I'm going to take on it. That yes, it's toxic, but I don't really care. And it is quite fun watching people who write about film for a living get so fucking het up about about this stuff. And I, 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 I think I used to. And I look at it now, and it is just like, yes, it's depressing, and yes, I wish they were talking about other things, but. Fucking hell, people just going on Twitter thread rants about Adam McKay not liking the fact that people don't like, don't look up, and then just getting more annoyed about that. It's quite funny. It is. It, the whole thing, I think, I think is quite quite funny, but I, I, I just... The thing is, though, it's not sorry. funny if, if you're a naive, not really part of film Twitter kind of normal person who happens to go on and go oh just finished don't look up really quite enjoyed it oh, hashtag don't look point. up and then you get fucking caught up oh, in, yeah. the, in the, the that's, storm that's, of it all it, that, that's, that's fair that, and it's a really good point yeah. actually because the, the thing is the I think it's fair to say that the um, the, the film Twitter community would count itself as a a more liberal community that holds its moral compass to a very left-leaning stance. Mm. Um, so it should be about inclusivity and people should, um, you know, there should be correct representation uh, within cinema and everything like that. But, yeah, they are also the ones who will pounce on anybody. I'll come to a second, Matt. Um, they'll pounce on anybody it's who... Bullying. Yeah, it is. It's basically, it's a version of cyberbullying, but... 
they they would never action or acknowledge that it is because well I don't I, I'd never bully anybody I yeah. think that's disgusting yeah say so, alright cool the minute the minute somebody tweets that they liked a movie and the first <laughs> thing you can think to do is go well no what about this or this or this like that's like, not discourse shit, you must be an idiot. yeah that, that's not discourse yeah. that's what is it and it's the I, I think we've there's, there's, there's so many sides because film Twitter is still a wonderful thing sometimes it, it can it, it genuinely can be I, uh, I liked Becky's mm. I, 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 I still have faith in it um, to a large extent um, but the thing is it's the there's, there's the problem that I, that I have where it's a genuine problem it's why I, I've taken a step back is um, Snark has replaced everything so even if you really like a movie, if, 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 if the person really likes a movie, if they can think of a snarky fucking tweet that might get 15 likes and 7 retweets, it's that endorphin rush that they have, they'll put that out. And it, 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 it's that thing, and it, it becomes this thing where you, you can, sometimes you can just never tell if people like something or not. <laughs> Yeah, and I think back to what you were saying about you don't just see what people that you follow have have put up anymore. It's like stuff that people that you follow have liked, or oh, because you follow the blah, you might also like this. Yeah, and it's like, it's like no, I fuck off. I, I choose not to engage with that. But it, because it, of that, it's not you. Sorry. It's not you might like. It's you might want to react to this. Yeah. That's what <laughs> they should be saying. Sorry. Exactly. So because of that, you can't just go. I, I don't agree with this person's opinions or thoughts and I don't wish to engage with them so I'm going to not follow them. You can't do that anymore because someone you follow will follow them or will like something then you'll see it and it's it, it just it, it's just it's a toxic fucking place is Twitter. I still have faith. <laughs> He's guided. <laughs> but I, I'm an eternal optimist in some of these things. <laughs> I put, I put a bit too much vodka in this one. Uh, and the the <laughs> other bit that, that, that I will say, the last thing that I will say about the, the whole Twitter thing, because I, I, I genuinely, I am going to decide next year that I'm going to engage with it a little bit more, but in my own way. Uh, That's a fucked up New Year's resolution, Mark. I know, it is. But, but I, I mean, part of me is going, is going, there's two ways you can attack this, Mark. One is you can just engage in it and you can literally just put out if you watch a movie and you know you quite enjoyed it or anything like that. Or if you didn't get on with it and you'd put like a little tweet out saying, oh, blah, 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 now what? I just watched blah, blah, thought it was all right, anything like that. And then if people come in and go, well, what I did, you know, well, I didn't like it, anything like that, I'll go, all right, cool. And then I'll just put that. The other, there's another little part of me, which is the fucking, the, 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 the twat on my shoulder, <laughs> which wants to, you know, when somebody puts out something like really profound about a movie, Mm. And like you look at it and you go, that that has taken them a while to do. And you look at it and it, it is that thing of going, ah, oh, it was a wonderful poetic slice of life with rich veneers of, of tapestry running all through it with scintillating forms like that. Just to respond, not even like negatively or anything. Actually, go, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so they can't then go, have to go back and say no that's genius you're attacking them just, just basically just be like that because it's a positive place but it will wind them up 
basically you want to add to... I, I, I want to essentially wind people up with just positivity and kindness. Toxic positivity. No, I'm not calling it toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, it's no, I mean, thing. it is toxic positivity. That's fucking perfect, but... <laughs> toxic really, yeah. positivity. But let's go for that. Let, let, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wowee. That's fantastic. This is the thing. It's like my new, even though my New Year's resolution this year is drink more clear alcohol. <laughs> so you know, I mean, like we're we're both off to a flyer, I think. Yeah, for real. Yeah, straight up. Why? Yeah. Why specifically clear alcohol? Because it, it, like, I, I swear, touch wood. I swear to God, it's not giving me hangovers. Oh no, like, it doesn't know. I've, I've been drinking a lot of vodka martinis over the last <laughs> week or so, and. Like I'm, um, I'm fine, and it, you know I'm not saying right. So now I can get secretly pissed every night. That's not what I'm like saying. <sighs> but like literally, I drunk a lot of vodka martinis on Monday night, and on Tuesday morning I got up and did like twenty minute, twenty minutes of weight training, and oh, it was fine. All right, stay away from gin though. Yeah, gin, gin's a little bit more spicy for me there, but yeah, vod, like vodka martinis, dude, they're the way forward. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I thought I'd get home, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other, the last bit I will do on, on the Twitter thing, I do always find it amusing this time of year because you start getting people's end of year, <coughs> excuse me, lists uh, yeah. cropping up there and they'll put out, you know, these are my top 10 movies. Mm. Um, and I always sort of look at it. Um, and there's another, I think there is another bit I'll come to that, that, that is more, that is a, a more short thing. But then you look at it and you're looking at people and you're going, they, they're not your 10 favourite fucking movies of, the, of this year. They're just, they're not. They are, they are the 10 most, they're the ones that you think that you should like the most. Don't get me wrong, eight of those might be in your top 10, but there's something else that fucking should be in there that you fucking haven't put in there and um, there's at least two or three of them that you didn't actually fucking like but going back to what we said earlier but you know that you fucking should people should be more honest about what they do and don't like which leads me to the have you seen this recent trend that's been doing Twitter at the moment that says like fucking 10 albums 10 bands 10 movies 10 comedies 10 thrillers 10 directors 10 directors to know me by I keep thinking I might join this. I might join this. I just put like ten directors that you will not want to fucking know me after you've read. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Your ten best comedies to know me by. No one wanna fucking know me after that. <laughs> this is the thing, right? It's like I've seen quite a few of those lists as well. And I'll be honest, like if we were to do the duties next year, my fucking my my winner for I know that film would be good, but fuck me. I just can't get round to it. Coda. Yeah, like, yeah, that's it. It's been free on our Apple TV for that, for getting on six months yet. Ian, yeah. can I ask you a question? Have you even ever at any point got close to sticking it on? Or do no. you just keep forgetting about it? Occasionally seeing it on somebody else's list and going, yep, by the time I, it's May of next year, I won't ever have a need to watch that. <laughs> 
No, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, I will do my thing that I did this year that I'm very proud of, actually, that I literally watched every film nominated for an Oscar mm. and then did a fucking ranking article on Pod Syndicate. Which was fucking that. brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. You were the only person who fucking read it, but bless you. Um, and, uh, but no, I mean, like, and it's like, I'm going to do that again next year. But I'm already a little bit like, oh, fucking hell, I kind of hope Coda gets snubbed. And I'm sure it's good. Yeah. I'm sure it's good. I am. But I, like, I just... I, it, uh, I... The, the, the thing that's making me go for Coda and going, do you know what? Maybe I might watch it within the next sort of like month or so. Uh, it, 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 because it, it's supposed to be really good. Um, the other point is, it's under two hours, which is a novelty nowadays. Um, and thirdly, people keep telling me it's actually a lot more fun than you'd think. Yeah, because it doesn't yeah. sound fun. It doesn't sound fun, but a lot of people have said there's, there's actually, there's, you know, it is, there's a lot of drama in there, but there are genuinely two or three laugh out loud moments that are, that are supposed to be within the movie, laugh out loud. Yeah. Uh, moments within that. And I'm kind of all right with that. Um, somebody said it, it's it's closer in tone to something like the Peanut Butter Falcon than it is to what you think it's going to be. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, it's not. I mean, we watched it. Said, it's not. It's not as like lo-fi out there as, as Peanut Butter Falcon, but in the sense that you watch trailers Peanut Butter Falcon, you think that this is going to be really depressing, mm. but it's actually. Fun, uplifting, yes, quite hard at, at points to watch, but he's actually a really. It's, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Pulp Fiction. I think it's, I thought it was fantastic. Film. Um, I know we're not allowed to talk about Shia LaBeouf anymore, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently it is a little bit more closer to between that and uh, Baby Teeth. Hmm. Which I'm kind of like going, all right, nice combo. Yeah, that's a middle ground I can get between. That's a combo. Um, yeah, no. Oh god, I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Oscar nominations. I think early February. I want to say because it's usually about a month or so between them. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll soon find out. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, oh no, I remember what I was going to say. No fuckers brave enough to put malignant in their top tens. Like that, that, they're just you know they're putting Coda in there because they know they should put Coda in there. Yeah. <laughs> you fuck fuckers put Malignant in there. I mean, I've, at the at the beginning of Feb, I believe we're going to do our uh, end of year uh, list um, rather than at the end of the year because it just gives us time to to, to have a bit of mop up. We did that last year, yeah, and it was a really good idea, I think. It's actually yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of show admin, that's actually something to kind of like speak on a little bit. So yeah, we're we're pushing it to. I want to say it's the last last show of January. Yeah, that we're gonna do it. Um, but like Mark said, it, it gives us some time. But also, there's uh, most notably, I think Nightmare Alley doesn't come out over here until like mid January. Yeah, there, there's, there's there's that and there's Belfast, um, Licorice Pizza this weekend, and bits like that. But there's there's probably four or five movies that are out between now and the end of Jan. That in my brain are going. I hope they trouble my top ten. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I quite like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, cool. Okay. Um, so let's talk trailers. Got a few. Um, so it was interesting. 
A lot of people were saying, well, death on the Nile, they're really trying to hide Army Hammer. Isn't it a bit? He says something. Yeah, that's it. It was... I I saw a lot of people um, doing the whole, you know, the DiCaprio pointing meme thing. Mm. uh, Saying, everybody watching the Death in the Nile trail try to spot Army Hammer. It's like, (laughs) well, no, he's just in it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, he's not in it as much as he would have been had he not been eating people. Um, But, you know... Allegedly. um, The thing is, yeah, it is allegedly. I'm kind of hoping a little bit that maybe it just has happened now. It's like, holy fucking shit, it's just true. <laughs> I feel like if there was any... If there was any way in it, then, then this wouldn't be coming out, yes. Mm. Um, I mean, there is there is another um, more tragic, I think, consequence of the fact that um, Army Hammer is in the trailer less. Is that Russell Brand's Cal- in the trailer more. I thought you could say Gal Gadot's in it more, but yeah, all right. Yeah, Russell Brand's in it more. And I, I, I kind of feel a little bit like the last thing that Russell Brand should be doing in a movie that is littered with questionable casting choices, mm. is putting his head above the parapet and going, I'm still here! <laughs> and maybe he shouldn't do that. <laughs> you are you are being in the papers a bit more from essentially a lot of people going, well, actually, Russell. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, it, it's a pretty... There's, there, there are a few pretty cursed people in this. Well, I was going to um, say, actually... Do you reckon if you get offered a part in a Kenneth Branagh movie, you go, nah. what have I done? What have I done that yeah. I could get cancelled for? Because it, he is cursed, isn't he? He's, he's, mm. yeah, he's, it was the Johnny Depp thing from uh, Orient Express, wasn't there? Which yeah, there was the lad from Artemis Fowl. Wow, what did he do? No, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> I, that was me thinking, I mean, that was probably something like really fucking right wing. <laughs> and then in this, there's like, there's three. Yeah, there is this three. At least three, for now. Just give it time, it's now out for a few weeks. Um, It's it's fascinating, it's ever so slight tangent. The fact that Black Panther 2 is due out towards the end of next year and they still haven't restarted shooting from when Letitia Wright had that injury in September um, (laughs) is fucking fascinating. Injury which is seeming a little bit like somebody went, oh, Letitia, look over there. What was that? I mean, it, it, what, like, what, 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 what was it? What was that? What, what did you just put in my arm? No. Put it. I mean, I mean, it's like what? Did she fucking break her back or something? Like, I, I, it, 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 it's, I, I, it's one of those things we'll never know. <laughs> I, I it, thought it was just that they'd, they'd mandated that all cast have to be vaccinated. Oh, no, she, 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 no, she, that, that is the rumor, but the the official statement is that she had an onset injury. Okay, but no one's saying what the injury was, but just that it was more severe than they thought it was going to. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, there there was, I mean, there was a report, like a very sketchy report, saying that they were retooling it. That Winston Duke's um, character in Baku, I think his name was, was that now being set up as the new Black Panther. Um, yeah. But we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It, there was, it's there was very... a just a sketchy report that said that they were furiously trying to work out a way to write it that Michael B. Jordan could come back as the Black Panther. Oh, I'd take fucking... Baku. Hell yeah! I'd, t- I'd take either of them. You Sim- fuck- simply the fact that the Michael B. Jordan was really fucking good in it. <laughs> you load that dump truck of money 
like outside his house and just go, please. Oh, yeah. Please. I, I, I reckon it would take him literally seconds to go, go on then. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it fascinating. I mean, it just, it, it, it is all very um, Shuri died on the way back to her home planet, <laughs> isn't it? Like, it really is, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, Death on the Nile. I don't know. French and Saunders are in it. Yeah, I, 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 I both like that and don't at the same time. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I mean, I like Murder on the Orient Express, and it's like Branagh like shoots the like shoots in seventy millimeter and like really goes for it with these films. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty up for it. February, like a nice murder mystery in February. Why not? Mm. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm very up for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, too right, too right. Um, I also watched the trailer for I Want You Back, which is uh, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate romantic comedy that I believe is coming out on Amazon Prime Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm kind of interested to see Scott Eastwood try to be likeable. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Yep. Um, I, but I, I, I'm going to predict that I think he'll pull it off. I I kind of think I, I kind of think he will as well. The the retooling of Scott Eastwood into hunky supporting character could be the making of him. Yeah, it, 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 it's like it's like he went right. I want to be at leading action man. And then it just didn't work for him, and so he kind of went right. Can I just be? Can I? Can I be essentially what I think Chris Hemsworth wants to be, which is on set for like a third of the amount of time of the stars, <laughs> and gets to be hunky idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, quite. I, it, 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 I, I, the thing I'm not looking forward to though is. Charlie Day and Jenny Slate are two characters who I'm not entirely sure I want to see them get together on screen because that feels like they'd be a really annoying couple. Uh, I, I, we, we watched this show, didn't we, Vex? Yeah. Um, and I said to you, it, this, this feels like a movie that should have come out two years ago <laughs> because now people will look at it and just oh, go, yeah. yeah, it's just a bit mean, that. It's essentially a story about two people trying to break up two other people. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it feels a little bit like we're in this a little bit... Where I'm going to say it. We're in the post-Ted Lasso world of sometimes people are just wanting content to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that this might fall a little bit foul of that. It does seem a bit mean-spirited. Um, I said to you when we watched the trailer, it feels like it wants to be a... A modern day when Harry met Sally, but just without any charm. Well, that yeah, that that's it. You know, the um, Jenny Slate is nowhere near as charming as eighties and nineties Meg Ryan was, and Charlie Day, although he's here on Mighty Billy Crystal, he doesn't have quite that patter of Billy Crystal at that time. Mm. I just think quite. the general kind of vibe I, I, of the film, is and like I really quite like Charlie Day. I like Charlie. Um, I, 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 I do find him quite. I do find him quite amusing. But yeah, I will happily watch this on Ooh. like a Tuesday on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I, I got this mix just right. I think. <laughs> you want another one? Mm. 
That's my third. Wow. <laughs> Since we started, or in... oh, uh, two and a half. Okay. Um, Uncharted. Uh, We've got a new Uncharted trailer. Yeah, it's a hard no from me. Is that one? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I, I'm going to go out and say that I think I am the only person, and I will include the entire cast. <laughs> I am the only person in the world who, every time they see something to do with your giant movie, goes, go on then. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. That set piece with the swinging pirate ships yeah. in the sky and then jumping back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. I'm, I, I, I'm very... I, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those films that begrudgingly people... Either have to say, yeah, that was all right, or will refuse to say that's all right. But if you check their letterbox in three years' time, they'll have watched it three times. <laughs> I, I, I am and, very and then, sure. And then when you turn around and go, hang on a minute, you've watched it three times, but you're only giving it one fucking star. They'll go, well, yeah, I watched it once in the cinema, and then my nephew wanted to watch it, and then my cousin wanted to watch it, and I had to watch it. It's like, yeah, I go, you like it, you prick. And then the next time I watched it, I worked out that I can only get hard if I watch Mark Wahlberg with a moustache. Yeah. And there's not a lot of co- content out there for me. <laughs> um, I No, I mean, I I fully think it's going to be shit. But that set piece looked like, well, I haven't seen that before. I, you, know, I, you know, given the amount of superhero f- films that basically is blockbuster cinema now is big thing falling or big light in the sky like i'm i i am yeah i'd watch that i i i i like adventure movies like this i do it just it annoys me too much that they didn't just make the film of the games i i i, I agree but i also stand by the point is that then you would have the comparison between the film and the games and that is what annoys Game, you end up with people going, oh, yeah, but the game was better at this point. It, it, it ends up, what is that? I, I, I see why they've done what they've done. I also see why people don't agree with it, but I'm kind of fine with it. I I don't care enough about the Uncharted game series to give a shit, is what I would say. I really enjoyed the first, and I've tried playing the other ones, and then never really got into them. Yeah, but you don't really play narrative games. No, I don't. Do I don't, no. Because you haven't got the attention span. Ooh, kickball. Ooh. Score goal. Ooh. Well, yeah, literally, literally, you know, the the, the, the FIFA like, like movie, a version of FIFA actually exists. It's just called football. Oh, yeah. No, it's called the Goal Trilogy. <laughs> which, which I have not watched and I will never watch. Because <laughs> football movies are terrible. It's not glamorous sport, is it? There are very few sports out there that you can make um, cinematic or more cinematic than their actual... The actual sport. For instance, boxing. It's actually quite boring. Boxing movies, fantastic. Baseball. Even baseball fans will tell you it's boring. Baseball movies, pretty fucking great. Ice hockey. Ice hockey. I mean, no, ice hockey is quite a fun sport to watch because it's violence on ice. But you do like an ice hockey movie. I do. There's the occasional anomaly. Ice hockey is one of those. Surfing. You're surfing. Boring. I mean, probably not when you're doing it. I would say that 99% of surfers are bored. That's why they get stoned that, so much. That's an insane statement. <laughs> no, because I can back this up, though. <laughs> I can back this up. 
Because you you surveyed a bunch of servers yes, during lockdown. Because one percent of, of of people who 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 have served will be good at it. Yeah. Because it looks really difficult. Uh. So the other ninety nine percent are people trying to do it, thinking that it's going to be point break, and it's not. But that doesn't and, mean they're bored because they're trying to do it. <laughs> they are bored. They won't admit it, but they're bored. Going to do something that, that, that you literally have a finite amount of time to learn how to do, knowing that you're not going to be able to learn how to do it, and you're not going to be able to fucking fully Patrick Swayze in the fucking four days that you've got in Cornwall or California. No, no, we'll no, make you no, bored. I'm, no, I'm sorry. If you're actively trying to do something and you're also bored while doing it, <laughs> You are fucking insane. I mean, that's going to explain a lot about my life. Ian, have you ever been to work? (laughs) No, no, no. But I mean, like, you know, like, you know, surfing isn't a job, is it? Well, I mean, like, to professionals, I suppose it is. Like, if you were to tell me that a professional surfer who could just do it in their fucking sleep is bored... I could maybe buy that. But the argument that Mark is going with is that 1% of people are good at it and 99% are shit. And it's the 99% who are bored, even though they're just trying to surf. Yeah. Like, work, you're like, you know... yeah, They're, you they're be bored, bored of being at work, shit at, at but surfing But you're not you. doing it in your fucking leisure time. <laughs> they're, they're bored of being shit at surfing. They're never going to get it. It's one of those things you can, just, you can do what you can't. But if you're bored, then you'd give up. That that's the thing. People people don't like to give up. People like to think that they can conquer something. And media has taught us that brainwashes it thinking that we that we can all be anything we want to be. You can't. You can't surf. But that doesn't mean that you're bored while you. They will be. <laughs> For the love of God, anyone listening who has ever tried to surf, can you? Tweet at film bastards and just you know tell us whether there's any validity to this. It that sounds like the rantings of a madman to me, but I'll I'll, I'll leave it up to the audience. <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm going to get some tweets about that. You'd probably be quite good at surfing as well because you've got a very low center of gravity. Uh, <laughs> I do have a very low center of gravity. Yes, a very long torso. A very long torso, teeny tiny legs, don't yeah. I? Yeah, I'm the other way around. I'd just be falling off every two seconds. Yeah, you, 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 you have a terrible balance. I do. I can, I can, I can fall over. Well, sat down. Yeah, I've literally seen that. Yeah. <laughs> it's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be able to surf. I wouldn't be bored. I'd yeah, be well. striving for perfection. No, no you falling. would be bored. Because when you can't do something, you get so angry. I'd be angry, not bored. I, I'd be angry, not bored. <laughs> I do think there's a bit. There's a, 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 anger and boredom are a very. No, they're, they're very, bedfellows. No, they they're are. very, very, very different, different. Th- of feelings. Mm. Boredom is like a lack of. But I, you see, that, that's the thing. I don't really get bored, do I? No. I don't. I, 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 and I, I, what, what is my saying for the reasoning for why I don't get bored? Only boring people get bored. You've lost the room, Mark. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, you've, you've, you've done it, dude. I'm it sorry. Happens, it happens every so often. <laughs> when, 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 when my ramblings get... Everybody pointing at me going, you're an idiot. Anyway, trailers. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, agree and Uncharted looks shit. No, I think it looks quite good. I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm looking forward to it. I'll just replay the game then. Fair enough. Um, no, I'll get tricked into fucking watching it like I did with Kingsman. Yes, you will. <laughs> you sure it's the secret screening, Mark? Yep. Wait, did you just say two for Uncharted? No. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no. I was just thinking, um, like, while we're dropping Isabel off, we could, we could go. Well, you don't have to come, but I don't know what you'll do for two and a bit hours. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh God, we're going to disagree on the Kingsman, aren't we? Right, we're doing the Kingsman first. Um, but before that, there's one other trailer I've got. Have you guys got any more? Uh, I think there's just the one of oh, two more. Okay. Oh, but no, because we covered um, Multiverse of Madness when we talked about Spider-Man, didn't we? Because that did. was basically. The... I've got two more then. Go on. Uh. The Bat and the Cat. Okay, that's the one that I've got. Am I miss? You missing? Am I one? missing a really obvious one? Then yeah, it's it's from quite a while back, so that's maybe why. I think it's literally from like the day after we recorded mm. last time. What's that then? Which we did this one first then? Yeah, go on. The Northman. Oh fuck me! Oh shit! How the fuck did I forget the Northman? I don't know. Oh, because oh, avenge father, save mother, kill Flippy Flap. I can't fucking wait. Yep. Through, through, at, me and, we watched that show I did it with X and then literally turned around to each other and just went oh. I mean yeah what's, what is not to fucking love about that movie yeah very up for that oh. right I mean like that film better be it fucking better be what that trailer is fucking selling it as it better be that Yeah. if I am fucking being uh, 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 taken by the hand into some fucking two-hour meditative thing where the only time there's any violence is in really brief flashbacks or something. I'm not going to be happy. I need what that film is selling. I need Willem Dafoe being bug-eyed. I need Bjork being a fucking witch. And I need Alexander Skarsgård chopping people up. That is what I need. Yes, you can have your slower bits, uh, your quieter bits with Anya Taylor-Joy. That's absolutely fine. Why? Let's have her pick up an axe, right? I need the Northman to be exactly what this fucking trailer is. And if it's not... And any motherfuckers out there who are like, well, you know, you you didn't get what the trailer sold. You got something better. No. 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 This trailer has sold me an orange. I don't want anyone saying... Here is a can of pickles and them going, but they're better than oranges. No, I want my fucking orange. Yep. The thing is that it's two hours, 20 minutes long. I will take two hours of what that trailer is and 20 minutes can just be chatted. <laughs> That's fine. That, <laughs> yeah. is, that is, that is, I, 10% of this film can be chatting. Yep. 10%. Whereas the rest 30% of it, I'd want violence. Can be fucking violence the other 60% can be some crazy shit I I have a feeling it is going to be that I've just got a feeling I, I have a feeling that that, that 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 is what fucking Skarsgård would have fucking signed on for he look he, 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 give me he, my orange yeah he, he wants he wants Ian to have his orange he doesn't want to give him a jar of pickles don't want a jar he of wants to give him a fucking whole orange grove I don't want a fucking pickle 
Broth. Pickles are really good, though, to be fair. Pickles are fine. Pickles in burgers, absolutely fine. But if I'm asking for an orange and then you give me a pickle, that's not what I fucking asked for. Even if you're like, well, pickles are all right. Yeah, pickles are all right. But when I I had the idea of an orange in my head and then you give you the pickle is made real. No. You wouldn't want a slice of orange on your burger, though. You wouldn't steal a cart. Sorry, just remind me of piracy <laughs> thing. Sorry. No, no, but I wouldn't. But I'm not, it's not burger time. It's vitamin C time. <laughs> and I want my orange and I'm going to make another vodka martini. It does look dead good. And it's got Alexander Skarsgård in it. So I'm in anyway. I showed it to Donna because I thought Alexander Skarsgård, she might be up for it. Listeners, she wasn't. She not, she <laughs> no, that's fine. It's fine. Different yeah. choice for different folks. Exactly. Right. Now, do you know what? I'm just going to put the rest of this vodka in here. Right. <laughs> I've got some beers in the fridge as well. Do you think they'll go down lovely after this? Are they clear? Oh, they're brown as the murkiest shit water, my friend. You'd have to get oh, yourself dear. on uh, on hard seltzer. Get yourself some white claw. I oh. I I have a theory that, that hard seltzer was supposed to be like the next big drink and then COVID happened and it destroyed its fucking groove. I think it's pretty massive in like America. Yeah, but so are a lot of things. Yeah, they can't drink other <laughs> I, I remember Noel talking about how Claire was really into hard seltzer and that felt like it was in the before time. I think it was just before, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. thing is, it would have been a good socialising in summer drink and then <laughs> it sort yeah. of got cancelled. Yeah. Mm. It was all warm. I just bought... I just poured myself a really large vodka martini and I got that fucking balance spot on, guys. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> Tight. Bat the cat, Ian. Batty, batty, Batman. Batman looked good. I want Batman. I want this film. I would very much like this film. A little bit worried that the Penguin is going to be barely in it because they're setting up him up for fucking spin-offs and other films and whatnot. But Zodiac Killer-esque Riddler versus Robert Pattinson's... Uh, like, I hope he fucks the living shit out of Zoe Kravitz in this. Like, we need Batman to be balls deep in Catwoman and then be conflicted about it after. I don't want any. Will they? Won't they? They need to fucking... He needs to raw dog that shit, and then afterwards, you know, let's 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 have some, oh dear, I shouldn't have done that because she's a bad guy. Yep. That's my prediction for Matt Reeves is the Batman. It's going to be an 18-rated Robert Pattinson nutting and Zoe Kravitz. Oh, my God. Do you That's know a just, lot of vodka. Do you know what I just really want from this movie? What? Robert Pattinson, Notting, and Zoe Kravitz. I mean, that can happen. That's fine. I just really want a Batman movie that's got the balls to not show you what happens to his mum and dad. They don't, apparently. This. Good. They're apparently, it's not yet. I, I also, I just looked, and apparently it is two hours, 13 minutes long. And for the first time in a long time, my brain's gone, no, why is it three hours long? <laughs> oh, I really hope there's an R-rated extended version. I got the fucking out the things just R-rated. I, I have a feeling it's going to be. 
Do you reckon it's going to earn its rating in a proper way rather than a certain movie that we've watched recently that just says fuck a lot? Which one? The one we watched today. Oh, really? Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yes, I think it will. That really annoyed me. But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I feel like we're there. Yeah, I feel like we're there as well. You know, Conrad, our ancestors, they were terrible people. They robbed, lied, pillaged and killed until one day they found themselves noblemen. But that nobility, it never came from chivalry. It came from being tough and ruthless. Back then, to be called a gentleman would have been a death sentence, not the mark of honor it is today. We are Oxfords, not rogues. The King's Man is directed by Matthew Vaughan and stars Ray Fiennes, Harris Dickerson, Digimon Honsune, Gemma uh, Arterton, Matthew Good, I think. It was him, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, hello, dog. Um, and uh, others. So, hello. You all right? Um, the King's Man is a prequel to the Kingsman films and basically uh, chronicles the origin of the Kingsmen. Um, a organization which uh works outside of governments to stop the evils of the world uh ray fines is its founder harris dickerson is his son uh ray fines doesn't want his son to go off to fight in world war one harris dickerson does and there's a malevolent sweary scotsman who is uh uniting um the terrors of the world including including reese fans rasputin how i forgot him at the start i don't know uh, to um, uh, uh, do World War One things. I lost my thread there, guys, but I think I nearly got there. So, right, Becky, um, you've been very passive-aggressive about the King's Man for the last half hour. Um, please tell me it was any kind of pleasant surprise, because I don't think it was. It, it, right, okay. It wasn't for me, but I did enjoy Jimon Honsu. In it, and I thought he was good. That's okay. That was that was that was maybe nice. Um, sorry, it just really weirded me out that uh, uh, Marks tweeted about oranges and pickles, <laughs> and, and I, I was just like, "What's going on? Am I in the future? What's happening?" Uh, and it was like, "No, Mark can tweet while recording the podcast." Um. Like, seriously, have I just drunk a, a lot in a really short amount of time? I think I have. Yes. Yeah, I, pro- I do need to slow down. Um, okay, so, Bex, that's absolutely fair enough. Oh, and I Charles apologize. Dance was there. I like Charles Dance. I like seeing him in things. Oh, he was. He was. Um, I apologise that you were essentially held hostage uh, <laughs> to watch this film. Um but uh, thank you for your service. Mark, you you were up for this. Um, and I suppose 
One of the criticisms of the Golden Circle, the, the second Kingsman film, uh, was that the almost kind of like lads mag mentality got in the way a little bit. You know, mm. like it, it, people weren't happy with that uh, kind of joke towards the end of the first one. There is a scene in the second one which, you know, probably <laughs> I haven't rewatched the second one since the cinema. And I bet that hasn't aged well, even though it's only a few years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm the same. I haven't watched this in cinema, which I, I, I keep meaning to go back to it. Um, but it's one of those things that I don't own and it's not on anything, so I haven't watched it again. <laughs> it's as, as simple as, as that. Um, yeah, no. I, I, yeah, uh, same, actually. Um, the King's Man is, you know, a, a prequel set at World War One time, so, you know those kinds of laddie elements aren't in it. Do you think there was... Yeah, the Vaughn's replaced that with other things that feel Vaughn-y? Or, you know, it, do, do you feel that his imprint was on this? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. It, it's definitely... You can definitely tell it's a Matthew Vaughn movie. Um, I, I think his eye is maybe... Off it in comparison to um, to, to some of his other movies, but I think that's more. It, it, I got a, a general whiff of maybe his heart wasn't quite in this one as much as it was the other two, or that his creative juices weren't going quite as as rapidly as they they might have been for the first two, for sure on that. But the there's still this. Um, it's an oddity in point in the Kingsman. It's in the sense that it feels it's a it's it's a bit of a mess of a movie. In the sense that it's trying to almost have its cake and eat it in a lot of ways, in be critical of British noble society, but also at the same time kind of fetishize in it. Like he's going on an awful lot in um, in, in British um, Anglo American cinema. Um, I just did bunny ears then, and no one can see it. Um, that he's going on within that. It's almost as if the majority of British people working in cinema at the moment went to public school and come from wealthy families. How strange that is! It is, isn't it? It's it's it, it, it's it's almost like they're trying to go. Hey, we're cool. Too. We're cool. Look. Um, this movie at points is trying to kind of put fun at that and criticise that, but it's almost a bit like no, because you're still <laughs> you're still sort of constantly falling back into it. We have a responsibility, Conrad, as people of privilege, to help others. Yeah, and and and, and the fact that that all of the help have heavy regional accents is a little bit like, oh fucking hell, Matthew, you are tone deaf, aren't you? <laughs> Um, and then the table of evil is a bunch of dirty foreigners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was a little bit like, really, really. <laughs> um, the 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 big reveal at the end was kind of like, yeah, we know it's Matthew Good. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I complete it. I, it did a very good job on me, making me forget about him because right when he was first in it, and they were talking about we got a mole in the uh, the British government. I was like, well, it's him. Yeah. And then he dies early enough that you you 
I, I, I forgot about him. I completely forgot. But the thing is, the marketing was making it seem like it's going to be a famous person who hasn't been talked about. Mm, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest. I went, it's Matthew Good. And the reasoning why is film logic. So it was the fact that Matthew Good clearly wasn't going to be a bumbling sidekick. Um, because his ego is too big for that to, to, to cast himself in that part. Um, oh wow! Okay, that's that's a leap I didn't take. And okay, and so the minute that, that somebody was, was shot was behind the head, I was very much like, "Yep, yeah, Matthew fucking good." And to be fair, that's a pretty decent Scottish accent he's doing. So go on then. Yeah. In his, yeah. in his Dr. Robotnik get up at the end with the big stash and the bald head. Which made no sense that he had to have a shaved head. Yeah. And also as well, it, what, what made even less sense was the fact that he... So hang on a minute. He went, he got on in, into a lifeboat, rode out to a submarine, got in the submarine, and then... Blew up the ship and then for some reason took his wig off? Why not just have it that he shaved his head? Exactly, yeah. It made no sense. The whole the whole logistics of him being the body made no sense, though. But, right, that, this is the thing. I thought it was an absolute mess. I thought some of the, the script was just... Awful. Awful. The story was terrible. Reese Fans was awful. I thought Reese Fans was fucking great. What? As I thought he was fantastic as the Rasputin. However, it essentially is a mildly violent and vulgar cartoon that I actually quite enjoyed. <laughs> it, honestly, I don't think it's a million miles away from the likes of fucking G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. And I'm not saying that disparagingly. No, I, 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 I think it, it's... It, I, I, I would say that you are... It's, I would say it's closer to that than it is to X-Men First Class, which is what I think Vaughn was going for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, I, I, I think it's a fascinating film. It's got tonal whiplash that you don't see much out, uh, outside of Asian cinema. You know, it's like you 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 think of like the uh, the films of like Kim Ji Woon or, or you know uh, Park Chan Wook to a certain extent, where you know it is it can be like deathly serious one moment and then kind of knock about goofy the next. Yeah, the good, the bad, the weird. Yeah, yeah, boom. Yeah, perfect, 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 perfect. And you know, and that is the King's Man. It is a, it's Matthew Vaughan. Just managing to like finance, but also get a studio on board. His fucking whatever the shit he wants to do, and most of the time for me it works. I mean, in no way am I going to say this film is perfect. God no, God no. Like I say, the, the the tonal whiplash is fucking mental with this film. Um, but and. and People have been very, very critical of the mid-credits bit. And, uh, you know, op- opinion is subjective. But Why? Honest, I'd watch the shit out of that movie. <laughs> yep. When 
the penny drops that he's about to say who he is, I was just like, oh, the 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 le- the, 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 the minute, the minute that what is it? Um, that uh, what's it said? I'm gonna need they need a, 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 a right side. My brain went, ah, oh, fuck! I think I know what the mid credits are. <laughs> I mean, stri- like an- another Kingsman film. I don't think will happen at this point. E- either- I think it will. And, it, and it, no one thought we were going to get three. Fuck it, why not have four? <laughs> it, the only way that happens is if Disney let Netflix or Amazon do one. Yeah. Which maybe happens. You know, to be to be clear, maybe that actually happens. Because I don't, I don't think Disney are going to be interested at all. You know, this was a uh, one of the last kind of um, orphans from the, the Disney-Fox merger. Um, and... It has, I mean, it's done awfully, uh, at least in the US. I think it's done okay here, but not, not. It, it, it's not going to do great guns worldwide. Um, but if if the King's Man two was Ray Fiennes versus Hitler and Stalin teaming up, like, or, or, or I suppose it's Lenin in, Lenin in this in this bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, Lenin. Sorry, but um, you know, then. That would, but then what could it could be like Ray, Ray Fiennes teaming up with Stalin to basically go, all right, well, if we defeat Lenin and Hitler, we'll install you as I, you know, because why, why the fuck not? They're basically puppets, so why not? But the moment he said Adolf Hitler, I was like, I'm so fucking sad. I don't think we're gonna get another one of these because the film does a very, very good switcheroo in that I was not expecting Harris Dickinson to get killed off halfway through. But it now, like, after watching it, it does make sense. Yeah. Like, the, the the narrative of the film, that does make sense that that's going to happen. But I love that these films have foregrounded... I mean, okay, it's Aaron Edgerton, but Colin Firth and then Rafe Fiennes as the kind of, like, badass action guys... You know, and like Ray Fiennes, he, he gets a bit of stuff at the end. There's obviously there's going to be a lot of stuntman work as well. But I think that's a cool idea that it's like fuck it, let let Ray Fiennes be the suave, sophisticated, ass kicking head of this fucking secret organization. And, and, you know, and don't you want to see Stanley Tucci taking on Lennon? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, the fact that, that yeah, the touch of the Tucci there, you know, just just. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing, that, and that's great casting. And then Bex, I, I'm, I'm ever fair enough if you didn't get on with Reese fans, but the fact that this film has very like serious talk about the cost of war and how war is basically useless, but also has a scene of Reese fans licking a vaginal looking hole in Ray Fiennes' leg and then basically doing Cossack dance fighting. The, um, the, the, the thing is, there's... Hard to hate. Hang on, I, I want to I know where he's going with this. Go on. It, it, it just is hard to hate. Like I'm like, yes, I will watch that, please. The, the thing is... It's just silly, though. The, the, the wonderful thing, I think, I think about, this, about this film is, is people will watch it and go... And look at the Rasputin thing and say it's silly and like that. 
It's like, right, go read about Rasputin. That was tame in comparison to how fucking insane that guy was. <laughs> but the thing is, the film alternately is going for this kind of farcical pantomime and then trying to be super serious and comment on war. It just it just doesn't fucking work. Yeah, but that, that, that's no. the thing. It tries to have yeah. its cake and eat it. And the problem is, its cake is at points laced with cyanide. And the the, the licking that, bit is yeah. gross. The licking bit was so fucking weird. All that whole like prior section where it's like, are you a waiter or are you British? Get me a drink. Are you a monk or a ballerina? I mean, where does that even fucking come from? The ballerina bit because he because, because he glides I, because he glides in. Yeah, it's a ball, it's, it's a ballerina. It's a move. shit line. It's a but shit it, this, line. That was, that was <laughs> oh, God. And the whole conversation about him wanting to fuck Conrad <laughs> and then not wanting to fuck Conrad, but wanting to lick Ray Fine's leg. Rasputin was a horny fucker. I mean... I he fucking healed his leg, though, didn't he? He, he, he did, yeah. yeah. I, I, but I really like the, that little element within the movie is the fact yeah. that, that he does heal his leg. <laughs> and that Ray Fine's at one point goes... I mean, I just thought it was all bollocks, but my, my leg is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, this is the... the, 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 the and, and Bex, this isn't like West Side Story where I'm, like, genuinely... Ah! Um, you know, but even... Oh, slight tangent. I was listening to a podcast where Steven Spielberg was talking about West Side Story. He said he didn't do the rooftop bit for America because he knew he wouldn't be able to better it. That's a fair And it's comment. like, I can't... I, Kind of respect that, yeah. Any, but yeah, that, um, that, yeah. All right, I'm actually all right. That 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 sabates me with that a little bit. I feel a bit enough. Good, good podcast. The director's cut, the DGA podcast. He did an on-stage interview with Damien Chazelle, and it's Damien Chazelle asking him questions. It's great. Ooh, um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, but yeah, this is the thing, Bex. It's like I can 100 get what you're saying, and like I'm saying as well that it is tonal whiplash and. I, I, you know, I, I, I think that it is Vaughn very, very confident in himself and maybe like being his own. No, you did yeah, never. No, Matthew yeah, Vaughn been yeah, confident but, in himself. <laughs> be, yeah, but being his own producer and not really having to listen to anyone. Whereas, you know, I think a surer hand probably would have been like, you kind of can't do this and the other at the same time if you actually want people to like your film and take it seriously. But I, it, 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 we, you know, we are approaching an age where I think a lot of blockbuster cinema is gonna be, you know, enjoyable, but maybe not too much that stands out. Um, and I would, I give the Kingsman points for having moments that stand out. Never again will we have Risa fans eating out Ray Fiennes' leg on cinema. I mean, I think that's probably a good thing. I disagree. I want to see more of that shit. Uh, I, I think it's the passing of a golden age and it deserves a Viking funeral myself. I will I will say this. Just talking about this movie and reviewing this movie has made it go up half a star on my letterbox. Try up. It's. I liked the Conrad I, died. You did like when Conrad died, didn't you? Yeah. You did not. That's, that's untrue. You wanted Conrad to die. You didn't like the way he died. No, I said I liked that Conrad died. Right. Not... The way he died, I thought that was a, a wee bit harsh. It was a bit harsh, yeah. It was a little bit harsh. But I yeah. did enjoy that he it died because did... he really annoyed me with his posh boy shit. You get the logic, though, why that guy did that. Because it's like, who the fuck's this guy who's come out of nowhere? Why has he got, like, a 
a German branded thing in his hand, and he's just said that he's someone who I we know he's yeah, not. I for sure know he's not. You know, it, it, that is you know, like Conrad done fucks up there. Yeah, it, 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 it's yeah. It, it, it was. I wasn't. Ex- you weren't expecting him to die, but then we like it does happen. You do go. All right, fair enough. It's like the when Rasputin actually fully died when Jim Arthur shoots him in the head. There, I'm still a little bit more. Is going. How are they gonna get Rasputin back in this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. If there was a sequel, I think he'd be back. Yeah, it would surprise me, and, and there'd be a logic for them behind it. Yep, he's Rasputin. He's Rasputin. Well, I also liked the goat. The cut, like the the cut, was good. The cut, who just was, who was just violence. You looked at me really I, confused, I, didn't you? And I went, "That's not a thing that goats can do. Not real goats." What well, they do is climb up the mountain. Then I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the fact that there was a sequence that was a minute or two long, which was Ray Fiennes just battling goats and <laughs> being around goats. I, I do also enjoy right. the fact that, that that scene ended with Ray Fiennes turning round and saying. Right, how do we get down off here then? Yeah. And then it just doesn't show you it. Yeah. No. And I, I hope if there is another one, that there is a callback to that. Mm. That somebody literally turns around and, and says, and, and turns around to him and says, Right, but I need to know, how did you get down off there? <laughs> and they just say something like, On the back of goats. And then walk off. <laughs> The goats what, what needs... I mean, God, if they did another one, it would have to end with Hitler making some sort of time machine and Ray Fiennes going in the time machine chasing Hitler and then in the next one he teams up with Taron Egerton and Colin Firth to battle Hitler in the 2020s. Yeah. And I'd be... Like, I would be a little bit... Yeah, that actually kind of makes sense in the context of these films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I'd watch that. <laughs> and Yeah, who wouldn't want to watch Ray Fiennes, Colin Firth and Taron Egerton battle Hitler in the present day? Yep. Um, so. <laughs> but at the same time, I could, I could get what Becky's saying. Yeah. I, 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 again, I absolutely can. But it's, yeah. I am... Um, I've gone from Geostorm to definitely not shit on this movie. I'm I'm a really firm definitely not shit. Like I I watched it I watched it on Boxing Day, you know, like um a bit, you know, I I say a bit hungover. I had a lot to drink on Christmas Day. Um but Boxing Day I was there and I was laughing along. I had a really good time. It's a kind of just the Bleary between Christmas and New Year, what the fuck? I, it, 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 yeah, it was a good time, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, solid, definitely not shit. Yep, definitely shit, Bex. Look, that's mean, and it's not fair, and I'm I'm trying not to be shitty about things. It just it's just not for me. It's not aimed at me. This kind of brand of thanks, I hate it. But not in a, like, you're grossed out by it kind of way. Just like, nah. I think the thanks I hear. No, because that would be me saying thanks in any way, shape or form for this film. 
Okay, alright. We've got to think about this. I think you just it's not for me, aren't you? Yeah, it just it just isn't. I, I'm not keen on the other two either, and I like Taron Egerton. Oh, fair enough. So, fair enough. Have you seen number two? You told me you hadn't seen number two. You show me it. Is that no. the one with the fucking joke about having anal at the end? That's the first one. No, that's the first one. Oh, I might not have seen the second one. Either. The second one's good, actually. You quite enjoy it. The second one's got a scene that um, you're not going to enjoy. I mean, I'll probably pass then. All right. I maybe just have to go, these films aren't for me. Yeah, fair enough. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million times. Absolutely. Nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you can sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, That doesn't make you a weird person Uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television, with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape Quantum Leap To giving up finding new content on Netflix And just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation Or Parks and Recreation I think that we can all agree There's a lot to be said for that You can't beat a good rewatch So, with that in mind Join Anna And Mike From Chinstroker vs. Panzer As we burn through some of our favourite franchises And share our immediate reactions to each instalment In both spoiler and non-spoiler sections To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project With Hannah and Mike On Apple Podcasts, Spotify Or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. One hundred percent natural. Oh. All the explanation you need.
no, 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 what do you mean, no? You wanted this, you did this, this was your idea. Yeah, 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 it was a test, an experiment. An experiment? You put me in a tiny motor, left me to bang my head till I nearly lost my searching for you as an experiment. The exit's breaking down. He hasn't taken the pill. What? There's no time. I know, I know, he's, he's having a moment. Does he know how hard it was to hack that mirror? Still open. This, this can't be real. Well, while uh, Bex is returning, let's talk about a little film. Well, let's start talking about a little film called The Matrix Resurrections. The Matrix Resurrections. Directed by Lana Wachowski and starring Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Yahya Abdul Mateen II, Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, and the mighty Neil Patrick Harris. So, um, Thomas Anderson, Neo, Keanu Reeves, is back in the Matrix this time. He is a video game designer who made a trilogy of video games called The Matrix. And his business partner, played by Jonathan Groff, has informed him that their parent company, Warner Brothers, will be making a fourth Matrix game with or without Thomas Anderson. Um, at around this time, Bugs, played by Jessica Henwick, approaches Neo and informs him that actually the the matrix is real and what he thought he was designed is uh, what he thought he designed is the thing that he's actually trapped in so I started off with Mark hello so 2022 is our 10 year anniversary year of bastards it is, slash, yeah. uh damn and The Matrix is a series of films that has not really had that much kind of relevance in much of what we've talked about in the lifetime of the show. Mm. My memory of your thoughts on The Matrix films are meh. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, the, the first one's uh, the first one's good and. Good, but not as good as people would like to think it is. Uh, and the sequels are absolute car crashes. Okay. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's interesting just to slightly pivot for a second. I Did you guys uh, rewatch the sequels before Resurrections? You did, didn't you, Becky? I did, yeah. Um, I don't ever need to see them again because I've seen them already at least twice. And why would I put myself through that again? I watched Reloaded and Revolutions back to back last Wednesday. Yeah, that's that's a lot of that. That that, for one that that's five hours of going. Ugh, I am dumber for watching those. <laughs> it, yeah, because I mean, it's you know before we before we get to uh, get to it. I mean, my my just general thoughts on the sequels I mean the, the first one absolute fucking masterpiece still a 5 out of 5 banger for me that film is amazing I, I, I don't dislike The Matrix just to say that I, I, I think yeah. it's, a, it, it's a 4 4, four and a half out of 5 movie that I just think it, 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 it's had its time 
it I don't think it 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 hits as hard as it as I think it did at the time. It hasn't aged for it, 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 it's just okay. I disagree. That's fine. Most people Sorry. And before I continue, San Miguel, there was a can of San Miguel left in the fridge from um, somebody bringing some over. Um, San Miguel's not bad. Um, I have underrated San Miguel. Anyway, um, The Matrix Reloaded, I think it's got some fucking incredible action, some really ropey CG, some really cool concepts. And I like the Matrix Reloaded. The Matrix Revolutions spends the the the, the thing that they done fucked up with the Matrix sequels is no one cares about Zion. Yeah, it's the real world. Looks a bit shit, and it's not that cinematic. No one really cares. The Matrix Revolutions, you got all that shit in Zion. It's like, yeah, but I want to see cool fighty shit in the Matrix. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, Zion basically. It's like, wait a minute, is it? Is it a cave underground, or is what the fuck is it? It looks shit. I mean, that's the, the thing. The the Matrix sequels basically <clears throat> say that Joey Pants was right. Yeah. So yeah, um, Bex. Before we get into Resurrections, your your thoughts on the second two? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I spoke about it briefly last week. It is. It is very much last week. Whenever the fuck it was, it feels like ages ago. Yeah. Um. It is very much diminishing returns, and I think mm. it it has a it overcomplicates itself while not really wants to be really clever, but it's not really clever enough to either pull off what it's trying to achieve or or explain adequately what it's trying to achieve. Programs are people, and they can move around and blah blah blah, and you just accept it. And it's 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 just a bit. They're just not they're not as well written as the first one. I think the the first one is why it stands up and why it's still good and why it still has the impact that it has is because it's it's horrifying in the simplicity of its idea. It's tight. It is. Yeah. It's a a tight film, whereas the other two feel bloated. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. But. Obviously, we're, we're we're moving into doing resurrections. It has a very unsatisfying ending when you follow two characters through three movies of them trying to do a thing, and then they both die. The yeah, I mean the Trinity death in particular for me. Like at least Neo, there's like a sacrificial element to it. Trinity, it's literally she got us where Neo needed to go. And now she gets to have a nice long speech before she dies. Yeah. Um, you know, which, which is, fuck, it just, that that felt very, really, for that character. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. So, do you know what, actually, I was going to um, follow one with Mark, but now I'm going to follow the Becky thread. So, do you feel like The Matrix Resurrections has has done anything to course correct that? central relationship yeah i feel like it, it feels like a movie that's been made by someone who's gone we fucked up at the end there we need to fix that people people wanted them to survive and people liked their relationship and then we just fucking killed them but that's fucked up let's let's fix it 
And that it essentially feels like the purpose of the movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I think that's totally fair. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we, no, I, no. I felt I, like I, I just cut you off there. No, no, no. It's, yeah. I, I think there's, there's a lot of griping about it being, oh, it isn't, it isn't what the Matrix is supposed to be. It's, it's just focuses on Trinity and Neo and it's just a love story. I mean, there's a huge chunk of the first three movies that are just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not exactly doing anything, you know, out of the way of of the Matrix by by going in that direction with it. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I I honestly don't get why people are so annoyed about it. To be honest, no, it's fair. It's fair. I like the fact, sorry, just just, just before we move No, on. no, please, please, please. I like the fact as well that it, there's no feeling that they're trying to set this up for a sequel. Oh, man, that's a great segue. So, the question I was going to ask Mark. <laughs> Mark. Yes. Do you feel this worked as an epilogue? Do you feel it worked as the first chapter for something new? Or did you just think it didn't work? It... Probably works best as an epilogue. It doesn't work well um, as a new as a new chapter um, because the most engaging um, the, the, the new characters. Neither of them are bad, by the way. Uh, none, none of the new characters are bad. I actually think they're all they're all quite well done, but I. Don't really care. Mm, I don't think you meant to, though. <laughs> um, about um, you know the, the the new Morpheus about bugs. Um, I don't. I don't want to see the continuing adventures of um, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris, the analyst. <laughs> no. You know, I, 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 I didn't think any of these people were, were bad in it. There was uh, one person that was bad in it. Who objectively bad. Niobe. I'll come to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But no. I. I it, it's the weirdly. I. I don't even think the film itself is that interested in any in anything that's happening outside of the um, the Trinity and Neo um, story. Mm. Um. But I think that's kind of a detriment to the film in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I think it wants to do a thing and it does that thing, but it doesn't really flesh out any of the other things that are peripheral. It wants to free Neo and Trinity again and have them alive. That's what the film wants to do. But by not fleshing out the, the characters around them. So, 22 years ago now, is it, Matrix? Yeah, twenty-two years ago, the Matrix essentially, uh, with yes, a lot of help from Asian cinema of the of the ten years before that, reinvented action cinema mm. um, by bringing in bullet time and wire work. And let's be honest, it, its imprint on action cinema lasted for a good ten, twelve years. And still is around now, in a little bit. 
it brought new methods in. It explored using CGI not just to create monsters, but to use as background. Mm. And it did all that very well for action cinema. See this? However, (laughs) so why 22 years later is the action as poor as it is in Matrix Resurrections? Um, so I have a, not, not a theory because I was listening to another podcast and it was like, yeah, that makes sense. Simple answer. Keanu Reeves had a certain window for making this film before John Wick 4 started production. I don't think it's that. I think it is. Okay. Mm. I think, um, as a director... Lena Wachowski has not in any way moved forward in 22 years in terms of directing ability. I don't think that I don't I don't think as a director she's she's that interested in in that aspect of directing. Uh, I think she's more story driven, which is fine, but the the action did feel very much it felt incredibly choreographed. I, I, I don't think we've ever talked about Speed Racer. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, Speed Racer was what? That must be getting on for seventeen years ago. No, it was in two thousand and eight. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was uh, thirteen years. You know, so it was a fair way away. But yeah. I, I honestly, I, 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 no, I, I'm, I, I, I disagree with that. You know, I, I it's, I, I don't think. I think it comes down to a central problem of this film that this film is more interested, and it I, I say problem kind of almost in speech marks, but to an extent where the film is more interested with the concepts that it's talking about and exploring more than it is actually providing you with something that you'd think you'd be going to with a Matrix film. Mm. And I, I, I think that that is a problem because... It is a Matrix film. You can't bait and switch people like that. I, I, I and for people to go, well, it, I, you know, of course, it, you know, it, yes, it's baiting and switching those people because you know how dare they expect a film like the Matrix in the new Matrix film? You know, I, I and I, I, I think that that there is an aspect of that that is annoying. I don't think it was the key part of anyone involved in this film's thinking was let's really go at it for the action oh, no, so that, 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 that's what i'm meaning i don't i don't think that 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 that, that Lena is, is, is interested at all in the action i think no, she's I, wanting I to think tell a story interested i i think interested no i i think to say that she hasn't developed her action filmmaking sensibility sorry maybe it's just um coming at these things from two slightly different angles but meaning the same thing i think yeah i think, I think, I think that's to close say to that is. she hasn't grown in direction is the problem for me I, I i don't think it's right i think it's the fact that she wasn't bothered about it but i'm also not saying that that is a good thing i i, I yeah i, I don't I, it, it says a filmmaker i don't think there's nothing that has been since they made the Matrix twenty two years ago. 
Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolution, Speed Racer. I enjoy Speed Racer. I think it's a good film. I think it's an enjoyable film. I love Speed Racer. Uh, you love Speed Racer. Dude, the, the, the things that Speed Racer is doing with visual stories. But that's like visual storytelling. That, that's, not, that's not action filmmaking. That's not I, I, it's I, I, a, I, I, setting I, I, up action set pieces. That is. There's a lot of action in that. But it's very CG film. bouncing around. It's not, it's not like what they did with The Matrix, is what I'm meaning. And then within yeah, this, yeah, yeah, I mean, you've I, got, for instance, I, the uh, is it a sort of a train, isn't it? The fight scene, that, yeah. the big fight, the big set piece, yeah. fight set piece they've got within it that's on the train there is so pedestrian uh, okay. in comparison yeah. to what some action cinema has done has done since. And the I, I just uh, what I meant was in terms of physical action cinema. Okay, let me let me go at it from a, a, a slightly different uh, angle, which may, it maybe would illustrate my point. And it, it's like uh, to be clear, I, I I I think we're kind of saying the, the the same thing, but coming at it from different angles, like I said. But the action that Jessica Henwick gets, I think, is more choreographically involved than Keanu Reeves's is, mm. and I think it's because she had more time to actually work on those sequences and they tailored her sequences to more of the hand-to-handy kind of stuff, whereas Keanu Reeves basically gets a force push. Yeah, which felt odd in the fact that he literally, all he did was just stop and face forward and hold his hands out. Yeah, that, is, and it, and, yeah. <laughs> that and, was like and a special it, move, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know... I, I, I think there are some fucking wanky people who are saying, well, that that's a comment that um, the character is over the action of the Matrix and that they, they're just like, oh, fuck it, I can't be bothered, boom, instead of doing all the choreography. No, honestly, I think the, the podcast I was listening to where they were saying that the production schedules were quite close together, I think is fairly spot on. I think that he might have been doing a bit of pre-pro for John Wick 4, in amongst Matrix Resurrections, this, I mean, this is a film that feels like the stars aligned with scheduling, and they were go go go. Yeah, it, it, like it, it feels like it needed more time to bake. Yeah, I can, I can see that because it does feel a little bit undercooked at points, for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's it. There is a worse bit in it though. Go on. You mentioned it earlier, didn't you, Bex? Go on. The, the performance and deciding to cast Jada Pinkett Smith as her older self and then have yeah, Jada cool. Pinkett Smith turn up and essentially decide, I know what an old person is. They just hunch over and talk like this and walk a little bit slow. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk like this and I'm going to walk slowly with a hunch. Try the strawberry. Try the strawberry. <laughs> My hand is shaking because I'm old, you know. And it was like, I was watching, it's going, it, uh, is, is this, is this a Saturday Night Live or a Funny or Die sketch? It was really bad. It was appalling. And the fact that somebody can be sat there and going, so could I do this? We fucking not tell the part of this. <laughs> Yeah, was somebody should have stopped her and gone, Jada, like what you're doing there, but could you do the fucking opposite? (laughs) I mean, this is the thing. It's like, again, like the sequels, 
the worst bits, I mean, for, for me anyway, because I'm, I'm not going to fucking say that my word is God or anything, but for me, the worst bits of these fucking films are the real world stuff. You know, like in The Matrix in this film, you've got some really fun, playful shit, which doesn't work as well as the Matrix stuff in the original films. But Neil Patrick Harris talking about how he is now using bullet time against Neo. I I, I think is fun. I love that whole I, you sequence know, that, in the workshop. Yeah. I, I I I liked that sequence and I thought Neil Patrick Harris as a on the face benevolent on the down low devious fucking dickhead casting is perfect and i think they've done a very nice job in the marketing here of downplaying his character's significance and i think they do that in the film as well agent smith is not the main threat of this film and jonathan groff almost does a good i'm almost purposely not gonna be as good as hugo weaving because i'm not as all-powerful as he was in those films or it could just be that Jonathan Groff isn't as good as Hugo Weaving. Either reading, I think, is correct. Uh, or valid, at least. But everything in IO is fucking just kill me now. Like, I, I don't care. I do not care. This all looks really boring and no fun whatsoever. And yes, okay, there was a rave and people were plugging things into stuff. But aside from that, give me my steak. I want to be in the fucking ma- like in these films. I want to be in the Matrix, and when it's in the Matrix, I think this film is good. When it's outside of the Matrix, this film is actually pretty boring. Uh, well, I could agree with that. I I was enjoying it and intrigued by it. The setup is great, actually, from a yeah. storytelling point of view. Up until about um. Up until the point where they get where they, they where they drag him into the matrix, where, where they pull him out of the what is it? Mm. Uh, out of the the pod thing that he's in. Yeah, and then it goes off a fucking cliff. However, there was a few points where, like the montage bit of them redoing the matrix bit and brainstorming it, mm. way too fucking long to to basically go. Let's just have this be the duration of White Rabbit. Um. <laughs> and then they're literally just repeating everything. And I get it, that's what they were going for, but it was just a little bit boring me. Um, but the the middle section of this movie is baggy as fuck and, frankly, boring. And then the payoff at the end is nowhere near worth the 40 minutes that you've sat through. I disagree. That, 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 that's that's fine. I think it's one of those. I definitely think it's one of those where if it's got you, then you're going to enjoy bits of it. If it's not quite got you, you're going to be there going, "I want something to happen now." And then when that thing is literally Keanu Reeves standing and pushing forward, you kind of go, "I wanted something else to happen." Because the thing is, I wanted, not... I, sorry, I, I wanted Marjon Gruff. 
Smith? Yeah. I didn't think, I thought he was awful. I thought it was fun. <laughs> the fact they kept calling him Tom really bothered me. Really bothered me. I mentioned to you, it's you right after we watched the film, didn't I? Yeah. I think that's supposed, like, the thing is, again, I think that's kind of supposed to bother Neo. Yeah. Like, there's just, just a part wish... of it that's needling him. Like, it, it, sorry. I just wish at one point he'd called him Mr. Anderson. When he first comes out as, as, as Smith, he calls him Mr. Anderson. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Oh. I, I thought it was a really good touch. But I, I thought he he used that energy of essentially just going, I'm actually on no one's side here. Yeah. I'm just here <laughs> to fuck around. And do you know what? I'm not actually that angry with you anymore. I've he, been muzzled by this fucker and I hate it. Yeah. So I might even help you. He, he, he played it almost a little bit like the Matrix version of the Joker. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. Like, he, he's, like, he's going, do you know what? I might help you a little bit here. Why? I don't like him more than I like you and I want to fight you more than I want to fight him. So I'm going to help you beat him and then I'm going to fuck off, and then when you least expect it, I'm going to come out and tickle you. It's that <laughs> element of it. And I quite liked that. Mm. So, uh, Bex, it, it feels like you you were pretty positive on this then. The, um, like, that, 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 that final kind of, like, half hour or so. I mean, like, for... I, 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 I thought it was a little bit... I get what they're going for, but Jesus fucking Christ, you could probably cut 10 minutes out of that swarm stuff and just got to the fucking monkey of neon and uh, neon neo and Trinity up on the roof. Yeah. But it sounds like you were more, you were more into it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the swarm thing is, it's the big set piece, isn't it? So they have to give it time to breathe. I think it's quite, <laughs> I think it's quite fun to watch. Cause it's like, you can see it passing in waves through the people. So, like, the swarm kind of it stops being swarmy at this end because it's needed up there where they actually are. Um, that chase scene's really good. I, do you know what? I really liked it. I, I got enough out of it, and it, it corrects for me the unsatisfying ending to the trilogy. So <laughs> I'd agree it's better than the other two sequels. Mm, mm. I wish they'd done more with... I mean... Keanu Reeves is a he, he's he's really good at action movies. It's mm. kind of his thing. I wish they'd done more with him than just have him push air at stuff. Yeah. Um and I wish they'd gone with more practical choreographed stuff rather than bad CGI for for the action, but I enjoyed my time with it and I will I will watch it again. <laughs> yeah, you? I mean He's sat there shaking his head. Absolutely not. There's four Matrix movies. I might rewatch one of them. First one's an absolute banger. But again, it's a little bit. I'm a little bit like that of going. I might rewatch it, but then again, do I need? I mean, you'd get to see Keanu Reeves sat in a bath with a rubber ducky on his head in context rather than just in the trailer. Yeah. When he's going through his existential crisis. I love the fact that they've gone, right, okay, he's like the one or whatever. So he's going to remember this if we don't make some kind of thing about it. Let him remember the story, but think it's like a fictional story and make it into a video game. Oh, that's a fucking banging idea. Because that's the thing. I thought it was kind of interesting, like how they brought them back. It was quite interesting where it was like, 
these two generate an absolute shitload of power when they're kind of like close to each other, but if they're touching each other, that's that's too much. So not only do we have to do that like in the real world when they're plugged in, but we also have to fabricate that within the world of the Matrix. And like the fact that Chad, her husband, <laughs> Chad. is played by Chad Stahelski, um, the um, director of the uh, the John Wick films. Um, oh. I just I I think that's really that's fun. He's Chad, played by Chad Stahelski, who, in a lot of films, has directed Keanu Reeves in what, like, what to do on film, <laughs> and now he's an element directing how Keanu Reeves is performing within Neo's Matrix world. <laughs> you know, I just like there's things like that. They're just re- like really fucking fun, um, and I, I yeah. I, I, I think they they almost front-loaded that stuff a bit too much. Where the first 40, 45 minutes, you, you, you know, you've got the whole kind of like, our parent company, Warner Brothers, is going to do this with or without you. Which is, like, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's... Uh, it, it very much speaks to it being the same studio that a few months back did Space Jam A New Legacy. You know, it's like they obviously don't care. Uh, they're just going to let people do it if they think it's going to make money. Um, but I, I, that's the I like how playful that is. And then that middle third, like Mark said, it just it's drudgery. Like God, why do you care what fucking Niobe now thinks? And you're going to do this extended sequence where she sends him to jail. Then he gets broken out of jail. And then she's like, actually, I'm kind of relieved that he's gone. Mm. Why'd you fucking put him in jail? And fu- <sighs> you know. I, but it, but then the Neil Patrick Harris bullet time bit. And the, the idea at the end of, okay, well, you know, the, the deal that is made of like, well, if, if, if I can convince her, then... You know, you'll you'll uh, you'll let us be and blah blah blah. That that's that's fun, and I even I, I like the last scene. You know, maybe not the fucking um, uh, 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 brass band cover of "Wake Up." Oh, it was fucking. That was bad. That 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 was fucking just, mental. Just use just just use "Wake Up." Don't use a new version of it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like the. Uh, I, the whole kind of like belittling of the analyst, and then like we're going to build the world in our in our way, and it's apparently Warner's have already said yes, we will do a Matrix Five with Lana Wachowski, and it's just do you like losing money? Yeah, like Warner this year is like the plot of the producers. But it's you're watching it going. I really hope you're making a lot on HBO Max. <laughs> no, but I mean, because this this is the thing, though. It's like all these decisions that that, that you know, it, it, and the, the bridge burning that they've been doing so much that Nolan fucks off to work with Universal on the next one because they they'll give him what the, the, these guarantees. It, it is like right. Is there some sort of weird tax write off shit where you make more money if the this these combined films lose a combined amount of X amount of money because there's some sort of bizarre insurance policy that kicks in. But 
they didn't think when the insurance policy was written up, they didn't write into there that you couldn't day and date it on a streaming service. So it's like, well, shit, we'll do that. But we'll also release things in cinemas so that we're fitting that contractual obligation. But then the films are going to lose so much money because they're also day and date and piracy that the insurance policy will then kick in and then we'll make even more. It's like that. But with Matrix Matrix 5, stop it. Fucking leave it alone. You didn't even get away with it on Matrix Resurrections because people generally don't like it and it's going to lose money. Why would you do another one? And I liked the film. And I'm saying just fucking stop. The, I, I'm reading here, apparently it was... It was the thing is, with, with it, they've, they've clearly gone... We want to. We want to essentially get people to subscribe to HBO Max. Um, just and they're clearly banking on the fact that they've gone right. We're going to offset some of the some of what we've spent here, rather than making new content for HBO Max. We're going to use our existing backlog of content to kind of get people to sign up because they clearly the accountants have clearly gone look streaming you you need to get these numbers up because at the moment Netflix still has such a huge share of the streaming market and Disney Plus is doing very very well but that's still around about half of what Netflix has got and HBO Max is about half of what Disney Plus has got um but I was reading a thing um earlier that was saying that apparently um that since its release, the Matrix uh, Resurrections has made up thirty three percent of all um, torrents. Oh really? But why? I mean, that's the thing. Why? Yeah, and I mean, like you know, um, Warner's have said that next year their theatrical theatrically released stuff will have a forty five day window. You know, which is now the standard, mm-hmm. and Batman's going to have that. And it will make that much more. And th- 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 this is the thing. It's the... Because th- these streamers don't tend to release numbers, films are still seen as bombs mm. unless they go only on the streamer. And they're not, they're, they're not going to do that because they're not going to make money. But The Matrix Resurrections made, I think, $22 million over five days last weekend in the US. It was expe- They were expecting, like Warner were like, we will do 40. Like that, that's a comfortable number. And it shit the bed. And it, you know, it's the piracy. But to be fair, it's also the poor reviews. And what, what has happened here is another example of the fucking typical thing of, you've got initial reviews come out, they're really positive. And then there's a backlash to that. And then there's a backlash to the backlash. But the backlash to the backlash happens after the opening weekend. So, but then to be fair, then don't look up, just ate up all the film Twitter discourse. And now no one's talking about Matrix Resurrections. It's in the fucking rear view. Yeah. But I think that's because it was just a little bit, it was just a little bit underwhelming. I mean, I, I, the thing is, as as much as I'm saying, please don't make another one. I liked it, and I, you know, I think I've been kind of defending it a fair bit. But fuck me, 
there, there's there's problems with this film, and I was I I was really 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 looking forward to it, and seriously, everything until Neo is on that roof and Bugs comes to him, I was just oh, yeah I'm in I'm really really in like the Morpheus stuff we, we haven't even talked about Yaya Abdul Mateen, the Morpheus stuff at first is fucking fascinating the whole. He was he's an agent, but then he kind of remembers who he is, but then he's a program basically trapped in here by Neo. And, and I, I thought it was gonna turn out I was kind of surprised he didn't. The Morpheus, this Morpheus was gonna be a bad guy who was pissed off about the way that he was treated by Neo. But then that doesn't happen. Even though, you know, he does kind of like reference the fact that he was stuck in that simulation for years. Um, and I thought Yaya Abdul Mateen was fine, but could you really not have got Lawrence Fishburne back for that? Okay, that, there's one fight scene that Lawrence Fishburne these days probably couldn't do, but for most of the rest of it, he's a fucking CG bubbly man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 what did you think, Becky, to the CG the the the. Essentially, like the bubble mouth. The physical manifestations of the programs when they yeah, enter the matrix. That they can seemingly just fucking go anywhere and do anything. Yeah, see, that's one of those ones where they've gone, oh, but what do the programs do if they get freed from the matrix? I don't know. Let's make them nanotech. Yeah. That'll, that'll work. They're that'll basically make absolute in a, sense. Yeah, they're basically in an old packet of Maltesers and they can just fucking do yeah, whatever they want. Yeah. That was a little bit like. It's a bit of a stretch, though. It was the Wizards did it of the thing. It, it was, yeah. 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 Where were you with it then, Bex? Are you definitely, I'm definitely not, shit? not shit, yeah. Where are you with it, Ian? I, I, yeah, I'm definitely not shit. It's got some... I, I don't know. If they were to do a Matrix 5 and they just go in the marketing, fuck all action here, but we're going to have some fun with the theoretical stuff, I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking go. I would be, but then I would be saying, all right, but why is it costing $200 million? No, no but I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's it. You do one that's like $50 million and, it, you know, it looks really good. I, I will say, I fucking love the cinematography of this. I thought the Matrix world just had this hyper real kind of vivid quality to it that some people seem to have been pushing back against, but I was fucking it, no, heavy in yeah, it. I it looked great. It made sense for the um, for, for what it was going for. It, it was mm. it it was definitely a stylistic choice to have it look like that. Yeah. To have it look so high def. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. To, yeah. To have the whole thing look like somebody who really knew what he was doing was setting the TVs up at a PC world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It was, it was just like it was the vivid display, yeah, uh, like on on the TVs. So yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, definitely not shit. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think the people who have been like really, 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 really praising it and having a go at people who have been criticizing it maybe need to check themselves before they wreck themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. But at the same time, I think I think people go in. It's not my Matrix sequel. Also, nah, mate. Just because the action isn't as good, it's still in like like theory point of view, very very in the world of the Matrix. And I dug that. It, it absolutely yeah. felt like a Matrix movie. Yeah, it did. Yeah, for, for, without question. I, I, I am. 
I'm touching cloth on it. Uh, just because I don't think it's shit, but I also don't think it's definitely not shit. So I am absolutely the definition of touching cloth on it. Um, but what I will say is I am really glad that some people have really clicked with it. I think that's really, I, 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 I like the fact that some people have got on with it. And I like the fact that I can't, that I got to come in and I didn't objectively say, yeah, it's shit. Because it could have been just shit. I really, really hope they don't make another one though. It's a good end to that saga. Hell yeah. Yeah, it, it it's is. A, it's a better end than Revolution, so yeah, yeah. definitely. And yeah. Like, you know they can they can fly around, changing shit because they're kind of holding all the cards. I don't really see what I don't want to see what changes they make. I'm, I'm happy with where it's at. Yep. Great stuff. Audience poll. Cool. Ooh, audience poll. I had that a second Oh, yeah, ago. good point. I had that a second ago. I was like, why, why am I on this? Why, why am I looking at this? And then I went, I went off it. Um, audience, I didn't do audience poll for Kingsman either, did I? No. Our audience poll for the Kingsman was 60% definitely not shit, 20% touching cloth, and 20% shit. Our audience poll for the Matrix is 39% definitely not shit, 22% touching cloth, 33% shit, and 6% Geostorm. That's all over the place, that. It is, isn't it? Sorry, trying to, the, the dog is looking at me and wagging her tail, but won't come over, say, like, and stroke her. What are you doing? Go on, then, bugger off. All right, fine, fine, fine. Right, sorry. Mark. Yes. Becky, what the fuck have you been watching, you cunts? What have I been, what, 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 what have you been watching? What have you been watching solo? I've been watching things solo. So do my solos first, then you do your solos, then we do our joints. Yeah. I watched Noel, the uh, Disney plus um, Disney... Oh shit, the Anna Kendrick one. Yeah, the Christmas movie they launched with um, and then um, didn't launch at Christmas in the UK. Uh, and I didn't get to it last year, so I watched it this year. Um, so for those of you who haven't watched it or don't know what it's about, essentially... Um, Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader play Santa's children um, in the North Pole. Um, Santa has died, so Bill Hader's um, character is now has become is becoming Santa, and it's about to be his first Christmas. But what do you know? He doesn't really get on with being Santa. He just wants to be a yoga teacher, so he ends up in I believe it's like Connecticut or somewhere like that. Um, Something like that. Try to work at a yoga retreat. Um, Anna Kendrick's um, Noel, who really likes Christmas and be really good at all this bit, but you know she's a girl, um, goes to find him to bring him back um, because um, Billy Eichner's um, cousin essentially is is wanting to just like fucking do prime orders for good kids. Um, that is genuinely the story of this movie. Okay. Um, it's okay as a fairly um, throwaway Christmas movie, um, but it suffers from being ten minutes too fucking long that just ends up dragging you out of it far too much. Um, and um, as always with Anna Kendrick, she's not as adorable as people think she is when she has a, a constant background whiff of I'm better than you. Yes. Uh, that comes across in this. It's 
a lot more fun when Bill Hader's on screen and Bill Hader's hardly ever on screen. Is what I would say about Noel. I think all of the other ones, with the exception of one, we watched together, Bex. So, I'm going to take on a little journey that's going to show that how, (laughs) how, 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 this isn't even about the film as much, but it's going to tell you how much of a wonderful person I am. Okay. Bex, where did I watch this movie? Oh, yeah. So, it was Bex, um, it was your Christmas meal, wasn't it? Yes. And it was in Leeds. Yes. Um, And so, you wanted to have a drink, didn't you? I wanted to be able to have a drink, yeah. You wanted to be able to have a drink and not have to worry about driving, didn't you? Yes. Um, so I said to Bex, all right, I will, I'll drive you. There. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say, Mark did something that I fucking wouldn't do. Yeah, so I drove... So Bex, you know, just, you know, yeah. I, 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 I hope you've uh, uh, thanked him. <laughs> so, and I quickly compensated him. Yeah, so I, I drove, and, yeah, okay. and, and my plan was... <laughs> My plan was to uh, to go to Trinity and have something to eat at Trinity. It's a shop in Leeds that has a good street food bit. Um, have something to eat there and chill out while you had your meal. Yeah, it's closed. <laughs> when I got there. Yeah. So, so what I did instead was I went and got a Five Guys and then sat in the back of my car in an NCP, outdoor NCP car park, using my jacket as a blanket, <laughs> and ate my um, my five guys in the back of the car, whilst watching the drop on my iPad. It is fucking wild that you paid to go in an NCP car park and then didn't leave your car. <laughs> or it, it, like, it stayed in your car for most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Top banana. Well done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I rewatched the drop. Um, the drop is is it's only the third time I've watched it. I watched it in the cinema. I watched it with Ubex, I believe, when it came out on home release. Okay. Um, so it's been like a good five or six years since I watched it. Um, I don't think this movie gets starts bad enough. Good movie. It's it's it, it, I really enjoyed it at the time. I thought it was a very good. Small town story. Um, it has gone up even more in my estimations here. Um, it is a fantastic, still small town story. Small town story, but there's more. Hardy is doing so much with this character. Um, uh, you know that is um, of, of, of Bob that is supposed to be this this. This half this this this, like this hapless guy that is just he's always there, and James Gandolfini essentially it's it seeming he's just taking a little bit advantage of him, but everybody seems to know there's something going on there, and then you've got Matthias Schunatz who essentially is using this um, this murder that's happened to build his reputation, and everybody keeps on just saying to. Um, to Tom Hardy's character, to Bob, you know, you, you know that he killed Glory um, Days. This guy, and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And it, they keep saying it. And then it comes out at the end of it. And the thing is, when you first watch it, you get to the end and you go, oh, fuck. He knew all along that he didn't kill him because he fucking killed him. <laughs> when you rewatch it, you're watching him going, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I should be scared then, shouldn't I? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's crazy. But knowing that he fucking knows it's all bollocks. 
And it's just that it's the other way around. Mm. It's honestly, it, for, for people out there who, who watched it and enjoyed it, go back to it. Watch it knowing the fucking ending. Yeah. Because there's there's a rewatch ability within it. It really is. And James Gandolfini, I think it's the second to last movie he made. It, it, he's doing an awful lot more in this than you remember. He's in it an awful lot more. It, it really is a fantastic movie. I really, really enjoyed rewatching it. Bex, what did you watch on your own? And then we'll do our... We'll probably speed round a lot of these because they are general Christmas ones that we watch every year. Yeah, okay. So on my own, I watched The Polar Express. Creepy but fun. Um, I watched Scrooged. Everyone's seen Scrooge. I don't need to say an awful lot about that. But it's fucking great. You never want to watch Scrooge, do you, around Christmas? I, I, I like Scrooged, but I have seen it enough. Yeah. I watch Scrooged every Christmas and it never gets old. Yeah, yeah same. It, it could be one of those. I, I, it, it's just, it started to get old a couple of years a couple of years ago for me. So I decided to take it out of my rotation and I would just dip in every few years. The fucking, just the bit where he's at the homeless shelter and those bombs think he's Richard Burton. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. Like, like, it's fucking incredible every time. The thing is, though, I would be waiting for that moment. And then after that moment happened, I'd be thinking it's all that helped me. <laughs> oh, but at the start, you've got the night the reindeer died, and, you, and at the end, <laughs> and at the end, you have got Bob Cartwright going crazy. I need to rewatch it next year. Yeah, fuck, yeah, you, yeah. fuck me, do. fuck me. <laughs> um, the second best Christmas movie, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, I will not rewatch that. No. Hell yeah, watch that as well. This is good. We're getting through some of my what we've been watching too. <laughs> I, I just love. How fucking straight Michael Caine plays it. It's it's just it's it's a delight to watch him just just playing like this completely stony faced um, take on Scrooge when there's just Muppets ramp rampaging around. It's it's great. Do you know the one bit that I noticed that I know I've heard before, but it really made me laugh this time was um, somebody mentions about like having a plump goose. And then Gonzo's just like, lucky him. <laughs> and it's just such a fucking great, weird fucking line. Oh, Gonzo's a freak and I love him. Gonzo is a freak. Um, okay, um, I watched... Okay, I'll group these. Star Wars, Force Awakens, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Mainly just because I wanted to watch The Rise of Skywalker again. But it did make me appreciate the other two more. I, I wasn't super keen on Force Awakens first time round. Um, and I really enjoyed it this time. Last Jedi, when you watch them in a group like that, is tonally completely out of whack. I can understand why people are a bit like, nah, about The Last Jedi. It's good and I enjoy it, but tonally it's just wrong for that trilogy. Um Almost right. as if it's directed by somebody else. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. But then why? Why? Yeah, yeah, that? let's not get into that. <laughs> mm. Because they they basically went, each director is going to be able to tell the story they want to tell instead of going, here's the through line. Like, here's the start point, here's the middle, here's the end. You need to make sure that these beats are addressed. It's like Marvel, like Taika Waititi before Ragnarok, that's his film, but at the same time, he's doing things in in there 
that Marvel are telling him to do. He's he's got a brief within the brief. Yeah. With The Last Jedi, they were like, right, yeah, Ryan Johnson, do what you want to do. And then they said that to Colin Trevorrow before they were like, fuck, we can't have Colin Trevorrow. And then you get J.G. Abrams back, who then sees The Last Jedi as a reaction to The Force Awakens and then goes... Uh, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna do this as a reaction to that. You know, if any other filmmaker other than J.J. Abrams directed the Rise of Skywalker, you would have, I, I I think you would have three films that feel different. But and like you say, Mark, it is as obvious as it's directed by the same guy. But the Last Jedi is so out of whack yeah. with the Force Awakens that it make it almost makes J.J. Abrams double down and do dumb shit like somehow Palpatine returned. I fucking love Which Rise is a of line in the fucking film. Sorry. I, I, I love Rise of Skywalker. I yeah, don't care. He would love it. Is it your second favourite Star Wars? Probably, yeah. Yeah. That, what, of all of them? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right, eh? I I I just I really like it. I think it I think it gets the emotional beats right. I think it is a good story. I think it course corrects well from the Last Jedi. We were in a conversation with this work the other day, and I decided that there is only one Star Wars movie that is above a seven out of ten. Last Jedi. No. What? Rogue One. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he's the only. And I don't think we think there's that many that are above a six. I, I, I mean, the, the thing is, though, Bex. I mean, like Last Jedi. I get, I get what you're saying because it is just like, what, what is it? Because that was my reaction the first time round. You know, like I was really shitty about the Last Jedi on first watch. Mm. Um, and, and and I'm not saying you're being really shitty about it. To be clear, I'm just like, I, I think I had the stereotypical reaction to it of, well, this isn't my Star Wars. You know, and I, I mean. You know, I will say the joke at the start about being put on hold. Nah, I, I, I will. I, the smallest hill on which I will die is that that makes no sense. It's quite funny though. Yeah, people don't get put on hold in Star Wars. It's such an inane everyday concept that you do not being put on hold is something that people in the Star Wars universe never, ever, ever did. Because they've got lightsabers. But like on a practical level, if you're trying to reach a specific person, then... I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you people got put on hold in the middle trilogy. Because that was just all about fucking trade talks and shit like that, wasn't it? The prequels, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they were definitely on hold. They were sending faxes. They were sending faxes. (laughs) No! (laughs) Any society that has lightsabers doesn't have hold music. But they don't all have lightsabers. Like there's like but there's weird little poor planets. I mean, look at like there are, there are there are the concept of lightsabers, Bex. Any any society that's developed lightsabers does not have hold music. There's another way, or holds in general. There's another way of doing these things. They have thought about the concept of people being on hold and what to do in that situation before they thought, let's make lightsabers. So do they do the whole, like, press five if you want a callback thing instead? <laughs> they have a very, very smart IVR, is what they have, yes. 
That's exactly what they do. They have call queuing, and it says, we will call you back. That, that Becky, you have just solved it. I, that, I have been annoyed about that for now over four years because time is a flat circle and we're all going to be dead soon. How the fuck is like Last Jedi four years old? But, but you are right. That is exactly it. It's not that they don't have hold, holds. Is that they have thought of something better than hold and that is press five for a callback. The thing is, you fucking the thing you is, nailed it. After you all these it. years, no. Last Jedi, one out of five. Fuck Ryan Johnson. Now, I actually fought for the first time that argument has made me go, oh, fucking hell, you right about the whole thing. <laughs> but Bex just unlocked it. Bex, bless you. Steve, Steve, I need you to, and no, anyone, I need feedback on this. I think Becky has unlocked it. Donna was doing stuff behind me that entire time. <laughs> And I think she thinks I'm a fucking psycho. If, 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 but God damn, that's exactly what it is, though. That's exactly what it is. They'd have something better. <laughs> what, what else did you watch in Vex? Uh, on my own, I watched uh, 1408. Yep. 1408's fucking bonkers. It's bonkers, yes. It's just, yeah, it's mad. Man gets in a room, gets told he can either relive, like, shit, for eternity, or kill himself, and decides to set fire to the room. Fair enough. Yeah, but lots of crazy shit happens along the way. Um, I got to 8-Bit Christmas. Um, yeah, I really liked it for the most part. I just didn't like the dad dying bit. It made me sad. But the film's good, though, isn't it? The film is good, and it's got a real... Um, nice energy diary, to it. It's got a Diary of a Wimpy Kid kind of vibe, where it's like it's well-meaning enough, but it's snarky enough to also be kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's not particularly a Christmassy film, though. It's it, it's about a kid trying to get a Nintendo for Christmas, but it's not Christmassy feeling, if that makes sense. Um <laughs> I watched Fat Man. Yep. I really like Fat Man. I don't understand why you're so cool on Fat Man. I, I enjoyed it when we watched it. I just, it's another one of those ones that I don't... I, don't, I didn't watch it last year. I didn't watch it again. <laughs> it, I, it's just a real interesting kind of take on it. Yeah. Like if cool. Santa is real, that's probably like... You'd have to worry about like quotas and money and shit like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. And the elves would all eat sugar. Um, and I forgot about the sugar elves. Last one I watched on my own was Death on the Nile, the Peter Ustinov 1978 one. They're very, very horny Angela Lansbury in it. I thought you were going to say that you had an advanced screening as like pay, uh, like recompense for Army Hammer trying to eat your arm <laughs> once. No, no. The, the original's really fucking good, actually. I mean, it's the thing is, it's the story that stands up and the Agatha Christie stories, if they're adapted well, they work well. Yeah, and they don't really age. That that's kind of the beauty of her stories. Um, but yeah, some some really good performance in it. Yusinov's great. Um, Mia Farrow's in it. Like I say, Angela Lansbury's in it. Betty Davis is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite a stacked cast to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's good fun. So, it's on BBC iPlayer if anyone wants to check it out before the new one comes out. Uh, nice. Apparently, um, Kingsman Golden Circle is on at all four. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> Non-Christmas movie, Becky. We watched Ghost Ship, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, needed, we needed a little bit of a... We needed a break. We needed a break from oh, Christmas. Yeah. Christmas cheer. Um, and I wanted something spooky. Yeah. Because we, 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 we brought the rule we usually have, didn't we, this year? Uh, usually we have a rule where Christmas Christmas, movie. Christmas is movies can go between the 1st of December and the 25th of December. Then after that, they're gone. But we had a... Rocky, didn't we? Nothing bad happened or anything like that, but we just didn't have as much time as we thought we were going to have between and a severe, in December. a severe lack of festive cheer, to be Yeah, honest. and a little bit of lack of yeah. festive cheer. So we decided to extend it to for a few days, didn't we, we, we? We decided to include Twixmas in the, yeah, in the mix. Yeah, we did, just, just, to, just to help ourselves. But we watched Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship's fun. I love Ghost Ship. I, I love Ghost Ship. It's fun. Um... <laughs> But then we did our Christmas roundups, didn't we? So we did Die Hard. Yeah, we did. Um, it's fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, it is I, true, though. Once you've noticed the, the feet thing, you can't unsee it. The feet thing, yeah. I know yeah. Um, what, what I will say is, and it's a piece of discourse that we need to stop now. Every year, we need to stop the is Die Hard a Christmas movie thing. It's boring. It is a Christmas movie. It references Christmas many, many times during it. Mm-hmm. And it literally finishes on a Christmas song. So it's a Christmas movie. Just move on. That's it, but do you know what? If I you're also out- watch Die Hard and I agree, sorry. Yeah. The, 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 the beauty of Die Hard, though, that stops it from just being a generic action movie set at it? Mm. is the littler moments within it. So the moments like when he's when you've got um, John McClane and it is Al, isn't it? Yeah, Al. Yeah. Um, talking and just mm. chatting, and so like one of, one of the, I think the best moments in it is where John McGlade just had like a big fucking nearly got blown up and everything, and everything's going on. And he's trying to say, "Look, I did everything I could," and then he's, he's basically talking to Alan, saying, "Look, wh- wh- why are you all fucking? Why are you why are you stuck behind a desk? What's going yeah. on?" And he has to admit that what is it? And John McGlade's going, "Like I feel like shit. I'm sorry." And he's like, "Well, how would you know?" He's like, "Yeah, I still feel like fucking shit." Mm. It's those little moments mm. within the movie. The thing I would say about elevate them, it, yeah, yeah, to being a—it's not just a four-star action movie; it's a five-star. This is a fucking classic of the genre. You do also get Bonnie Bedelia punching that one bad dickhead at the end, yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing I would say on the whole is Die Hard a Christmas movie thing? Yeah, it is to me. Yeah, it is to you. Yeah, it is to Ian. Yeah, it is to a lot of people. But if it just doesn't feel Christmassy to you, I don't see why it has to be a fucking oh, no, if, if, knives out argument oh, every no, year if, on Twitter. If, people, if, if someone wants to watch fucking Die Hard in the middle of June, I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is I don't see why it... Oh, that's what, yeah, that's why people make that much of a big deal of it. No. Because the discourse is toxic and everyone actually hates each other and the human being isn't actually supposed to be social. Yep. <laughs> It's a damning the the Die Hard is isn't a Christmas movie thing. Is a damning indictment of society. And I agree with you on that. Do you know what's another damning indictment of society? The fact that still, still, twenty five years later, people are still saying that Jingle All the Way is not a fucking great movie, and it is. I fucking love this movie. It is good fun. It's yeah, great. It is. It's fantastic. It's usually our Christmas Eve morning movie, isn't it? It is, but it became our Christmas Day morning movie this it year, did. didn't it? It did. Uh, because we had shit to do Christmas Eve. Uh, 
I love Jingle All the Way. I think it's fantastic, and I do. I, I'm not in a. You know, it's so bad, it's good. I genuinely think it's a good movie. Um, God, I've got a few to get through. We also did Home Alone, didn't we? Yep. Um, I didn't cry this time. No, you didn't. You're dead inside. Um, what I will say here is, um, I'm not going to do the usual Home Alone things. Home Alone thing is usually it is fantastic. Um, Colin Culkin is adorable. Uh, that's what makes it. He's charismatic. He can carry a movie despite the fact that he's like eight. Mm. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And it's not nasty or overblown like the ones that would come after it. After it, yeah. Um, but the thing that we should f- start focusing on is, seriously, guys, I'm, how fucking hot is Catherine O'Hara at this point in her career? <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also as well, Yeah, I'm going to argue and say that I think Home Alone is John Williams' best score. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's good. I think it's Ooh. fantastic. Uh, we also did It's a Wonderful Life. I did cry at this one. Yeah, which we do every Christmas Eve, uh, every year. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. It's a wonderful life. It's it, it generally is in my top 10 films of all time. Do you know what? Part of me is curious to watch the colorized Go. version, but I never will. Go. Shit. Uh, yeah, because I every, um, every year, though, it makes me just want to go, I'm going to watch all of the Jimmy Stewart movies. All of them. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, we watched, and might be entering our rotation, I think, now, don't you? We did, but we watched it with an, with, with an extra audience member this year, didn't we? Yes, if they watched it with us, didn't she? Yeah, she didn't watch it with us last year. Yeah. She watched The Happiest Season. Or, what did you keep calling it, Becky? <laughs> that one lesbian That Christmas one lesbian movie. Christmas movie from last year. <laughs> uh, um, I like The Happiest Season. I think it's a fun movie. I don't think that Kristen Stewart should have ended up with Mackenzie Davis at the end. Mackenzie Davis is trash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Isabel's take on it was Harper's a dickhead. I ship. What's uh, Aubrey Plaza's name? Mackenzie Davis? No. Riley Aubrey Johnson. Pla- Riley. I ship Riley and Abby way more than Harper and Abby. Harper and Abby. Yeah. Um, Which one's. Oh, God. Who's the other. So it's Mackenzie Davis, Kristen Stewart, and who's the, who's the other. The, the ex? Aubrey uh, Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. And we all love Jane, obviously. Jane's fantastic in it. Yeah, Jane, Mary Holland, uh, is very funny in it, still holds up. Uh, Dan Levy annoyed me a little bit. I love Dan Within Levy. Within it, he's playing it to Dan Levy. But then, when he does get to give the, the speech bit, he's, perf- he's perfect. Yeah. His delivery of the, not everyone's coming out, is the same. Mm. Mm. He's absolutely perfect. And he, he nails all of that. Yeah. It's really, really well done and a really well delivered little speech. Uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed our rewatch of that. And then, uh, yeah, Krampus. We also watched Krampus, the naughty cut. Fucking Krampus. Hell yeah. Yes. So, Ian, you also watched the naughty cut, didn't you? Hell yeah. What did you make to it? It was Krampus, but with a bit more swearing and a couple of extra scenes. I fucking love Krampus. Yep. Krampus rules. Krampus is fucking nasty. Yep, it is. And it's great. And it's the absolute antidote to 
every single fucking other Christmas film that you watch this side of Black Christmas. Yeah. It's wonderful. But still feels Christmassy. Yeah, it does. It does. It still feels really Christmassy. The the extra scenes that are in it, one of the most noticed ones isn't even anything extra that's more violent or anything like that. It's just an interaction between the two sisters. Yeah, yeah. But that does flesh out that a little bit more. Mm. And I thought it was really quite... I, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it's a good cop. And Crash Krampus is just fucking brilliant. Yeah. I do feel like I, I, every year that goes by, because uh, we've pretty much watched it every um, 23rd of December since, since it came out. Yeah. Um, I, I, the more it goes by, I do keep thinking, at what point is this going is, is to start to be recognised like Gremlins is mm. as a seasonal classic? Starting. I think it's starting. I think it will get there. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, what have you been watching? Oy, boy, howdy. Right. Love I've been watching. I need to filter the ones that we've already talked about. Bear with. Please hold. Please hold. <laughs> I'm just going to press five. Uh, yeah, I'd... Christmas Vacation. Did, did you guys just talk about Christmas Vacation? No, we, just... we we watched it earlier. We watched it. We talked about it last yeah. week. Yeah. You usually watch it twice, though, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do, but we didn't get chance yet. Fuck. Okay, that's that's why I thought you might have talked about it. So at least I'm not gone mad. Um. So yeah, Christmas. It's Christmas Vacation. The shit was full. What else can I say? Um. For some fucking reason, I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. All right. It was on Netflix on like on Monday. I was just scrolling through Netflix and I was like, "Fantastic Mr. Fox." I can watch this in front of lots. I ended up watching the entire fucking thing. I really like the Fanta- uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it's brilliant. It's not for kids at all, and I don't care. Uh, it's just I, I I think it's got some fucking great dialogue in it, and it. It's uh, uh, short enough as well. But yeah. My weirdness with Fantastic Mr. Fox is I watched it the first time I watched it, I loved it, and then the second time I watched it, I fucking hated it. So I, 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 at some point I might do a rewatch of it to see where I land on the second one, on the, on the third one. That's the thing, it goes up in my estimation every time, but yeah, weird. Um, I, I watched Tokyo Godfathers, the um, Satoshi Kon uh, Christmas film. Um I actually did a review of it for uh, for Godzilla. Um, uh, brilliant, brilliant fucking film. You, you guys, have, have you seen Tokyo Godfathers? I have, yeah, a, a, a long while ago though. That's that's a fucking good one to yeah. add in the Christmas rotation. I don't know why I've never um, rewatched that. I, I I watched it like two thousand five or something like that. It's just it's very very Christmas feeling while not really being Christmassy. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's, that's going to get watched next Christmas. Yeah, nice. Uh, rewatch the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, uh, Donna was out on Boxing Day uh, night, and uh, uh, lots and I were just uh, looking for something to watch, and we we we, we stuck this on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's I actually think it got better on rewatch. Um, oh, really? Yeah, there's there's a lot of fucking funny shit in that film, and I think I missed some of it for the sign round. Um, good, good fucking movie. Really good movie. Um, 
so yeah, actually, last one from me. So I'll, spend, I'll, I'll you know I'll spend a bit of time in this. So uh, as referenced earlier, uh, Aaron Sorkin's new film, Being the Ricardos, which is on Amazon Prime. Uh, Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and Javier Bardem as Desi Arnaz. And uh, this chronicles um, a week... I'd be stunned if this all actually happened in a week in real life, and I've got a feeling didn't, but I'd I'd be happily told wrong. I'm not going to call myself an authority. But uh, basically, um, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz are the real-life couple who uh, uh, created I Love Lucy. Um, They are riding high. They're like the most popular show in America. Um, At the start of the week... um, a uh, radio broadcast ends with a revelation that Lucille Ball uh, is a registered communist. You know, it's the time of McCarthyism and whatnot. Um, So that's the start of the week. Uh, But within that week, other things come about as well. Revelations about um, the, 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 the two of them's individual history and history with each other. Um, and then at the end of the week, um, they have to tape an episode of I Love Lucy in front of a live audience. And what are the audience going to think of her after the event, uh, the events of that week? Um, this feels like, well, actually, I, I, it, it was a kind of a theory of mine that I, I had somewhat validated where, this felt like a film that, again, like Matrix Resurrections, it was like the stars aligned and they were like, go, go, go. And I was reading an interview with um, with Nicole Kidman the other day where she was saying that she was like a, a bit apprehensive about taking on the role. Um, but then Amazon were basically, we, you know, here's the window to do the film now. What do you think? And she went for it. And I, I, in a way, I think that actually say, uh, does say something about the film where it feels like Sorkin probably needed a bit more time to work on it. Um, it's got lots of Sorkin dialogue. And to be fair, there's um, a... An, uh, there's some modern language in the film that some people on Twitter have yeah, I've like, been this. commenting on. There, there's a scene in it where Nicole Kidman tells Javier Bardem to stop gaslighting her. Hmm. There, there's no way that was a term being thrown around in at that time. Um, that very much feels like a term that has become common parlance literally in the last few years. Uh, And it does take you out of it. Um, I would argue that there's enough dialogue in there, which is really sparky and fun and witty that I I think it makes up for it. But those who have had disparaging comments about the film for that, I, I, I think absolutely fair enough. A bigger problem with it for me is that it feels very unfocused. 
Weirdly, I, weirdly, I read a thing about the gaslighting thing. Sorry to just bump in there yeah, quickly. The first time that apparently gaslighting was used in any kind of psychological way uh, was in like the late 80s. And it didn't become like a, a parlance that was used until sort of like the mid 90s. Yeah. So yeah, using it in a show that was supposed to be set in what, the 50s? Yeah. You know, yeah. Gaslight the book only came out in forty mid forties, something like that. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I mean I, no exactly. Um but yeah, it, it, it feels unfocused, much like me on this podcast today. Um it it, it feels like Sorkin had quite a lot of stuff to say, didn't really decide what what was the most important and there's a narrative device used in it where it's flashing it's it's like it, it's like it's done as a documentary with interviews with people in the Javier Bardem Nicole Kidman timeline but now older so it's like Ronnie Cox plays an older version of I think Jake Lacey which is weird um and they're talking now about these events, but it's not the real people. It's the it's actors actors playing, them. playing the real people who were played by <sighs> actors in the past. And it's like, what? Why? Why are you doing this? And you know, and it, it frankly, it feels like because doing it that way, they're able to give context to things that couldn't really. It, it wouldn't. Sorkin just didn't have enough time to work out how to make it be given context in the old timeline without it feeling wonky and he just went, fuck it, I'm just going to do this. Um, but, saying all that, I enjoyed it. And I think if Kidman and Bardem got Oscar nominations, I'd be absolutely fine with it. Wins, I'd have to see who they were up against, but... I think them being in the conversations, I think, would be absolutely fair enough. Um, I, you know, I, I, I love Lucy's never been much of a thing over here. So apparently, you know, that you've got a Spanish man playing a Cuban, um, which is a problem. Uh, and you've got uh, Kidman playing Lucille Ball and apparently like, not really looking or sounding too much like her. I don't have that perspective, so I, I am kind of just judging it on this. And I, you know, I thought they were fine. I thought uh, Nicole Kidman, she she's like headstrong and spunky, but vulnerable. Javier Bardem, it, it, it's interesting. Somebody in in the film says it says that like you know he's Cuban. There's kind of only one way to be a man in that kind of in that, in that kind of like bringing up. And I think that he plays that, but also playing the respecting the fuck out of Lucille Ball as well. Um, but also having manly predilections at mind as well. Uh, but I thought I, I thought he was good. It's or, uh, manly. I mean, no, no, I mean, just like fucking dick controlling head. You know, that is that manly to an extent, but not the be all and end all. Um, but yeah, being the Ricardos, it's entertaining i thought it was charming i thought it was funny um it is definitely not aaron sorkin's best directorial effort in in terms of him 
like him in the driver's seat, it's worse than Molly's game in Trial of the Chicago 7. But I really liked those films and I liked this film enough. So, solid four out of five. I thought it was a good couple hours. Um, also, J.K. Simmons is fucking great. He's really, really fun. Proper supporting part, but he's really, really fun. He's got he's got layers as well. So, yeah, being the Ricardos, I, I, I recommend it. People have been quite sniffy about it, and I was a bit, uh, let's see what this is then, going in, but I had a good time. Nice. We'll get to that yeah. fairly soon, won't we, Bet? Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I, I, I think they'll they'll be getting awards attention as well. Um, I do. Um, especially like Javier Bardem. I thought he had a real tightrope, and it's hard to say without kind of spoiling it as to what I mean there. Um, but I, I, I thought his character was really interesting, and I thought it was really well played. Kidman's very good as well. Like, don't don't get me wrong, but Bardem was the one who really stuck out to me here. Let's stay sharp. I just want you to know, this is the most propulsive thing that's ever happened to me. Thank you. What's the hold up, guys? What are you waiting on? Come on, motherfuckers, let's light this fucking firecracker, huh? Think I got all day? Commander Drask, this is your president speaking. Your nation thanks you. Your planet thanks you. And God and I thank you. Listen, the only thanks I need is a shot of Jack Daniels. (laughs) And a couple of DUIs to magically go away. Um... I'm going to go get another beer, if that's okay. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm going to need it for this one. <laughs> if if you guys are staying, uh, if somebody wants to uh, start outlining Don't Look Up, please feel free. Okay. Bex. Start outlining Don't Look Up. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Don't Look Up uh, is um, co-written um, by... Uh, David Sarita uh, and Adam McKay. Screenplay uh, by Adam McKay and Adam McKay directs. Um, who's in it? Well, who's not in it? Uh, but who is in it, though, seriously? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is, is there. Leonardo DiCaprio is there. Kate Blanchett is there. Meryl Streep's is there. Uh, Jonah Hill's there. Tyler Perry, Mark Rylance, uh, Timmy Chalice is there. Ron Perlman turns up. Um, Did you just call Timothy Chalamet Timmy Chalice? Yeah. Um, Hamish Patel's there. Melody Linsky's there. Michael Chiklis is there. Um, I love how you skimmed over Ariana Grande. I'm going back to Ariana Grande. Uh-huh. Um, she's there as well. Um, and, you know, there's... there's other other people uh, are also in it, but because we don't recognise them immediately, they fucking might as well be fucking paintings, pricks. Um, what is it the story of? Uh, what the fuck is it the story of? Well, let's let's find out. Let's see what IMDb says, because that's how I get these things, so I don't end up confusing myself while I'm talking. Um, don't look up. 
it is... Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Hmm. I mean, I think we can flesh that out a little bit. Here's another one. Kate DiBiaschi, an astronomer, grad student, and a professor, Dr. Randall Mindy, make an astounding discovery of a comet orbiting within the solar system. Their problem is on a direct collision course with Earth. Their other problem, no one seems to really care. Turns out that warning mankind about a planet planet killer the size of Mount Everest is an inconvenient fact to navigate. With the help of Dr. Oglethorpe, Kate and Randall embark on a media tour that takes them from the Office of Indifferent... President Orlean and her sycophantic son, Chief of Staff Jason, to the airwaves of the Daily Rip, an upbeat morning show co-host by uh, Bree and Jack, with only six months until the comic makes impact, managing the 24-hour news cycle and gaining the attention of the social media-obsessed public before it's too late proves shockingly comical uh, what will it take up to get the world to just look up. Well, that's kind of the story. Um, it's don't look up. You've either seen it or you've read about it on Twitter. Fuck it. There we go. Ian, back to you. Hello. So, don't look up. Adam McKay is a filmmaker that, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I think he's provided a lot of joy to us in the past. Um, but in the last few years has, you know, become more serious. I think it is fucking fascinating that he was a uh, big hand in succession. And no one fucking talks about the <laughs> him uh, with succession because, frankly, it doesn't seem to fit a narrative that people have in their heads um, uh, uh, these days. Um, but, Mark, I like to think that we try and come at things uh, from as, as neutral a viewpoint as we can. I say that as someone who ranted about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I... I in, in, you know, in my mind, I think I, I I justified my burning white hate of that film, uh, but maybe to others not. Um, when it comes to Adam McKay, where, like, where are you with him now? So, Vice is a few years old, and it feels like that came out that that just came at a weird time of year where we talked about it but didn't really talk about it much because it came out quite late in the award season that year and you know I, I, where, where were you with McKay before coming to this film um I mean obviously I I, I really enjoyed um his his comedic work um that he did over the years um I, I, I do think you know step with the, with the other guys uh, weirdly I think they were underrated at the time I know a lot of people have come to them as the years have gone on um, but I think they were they were kind of underrated uh, at a time when you know everyone was lauding uh, what was going on with everything Judd Apatow did and McKay was actually providing better comedy um, I, I enjoyed The Big Shot uh, I really quite like The Big Shot uh, I thought it was, it was it was a fascinating take on the way to uh, attack quite a serious subject uh, that had been tackled quite well with things like Margin Call. Uh, but they were quite dry movies. Uh, so it was a way to attack a subject that's quite dry um, in a, a more entertaining way and also saying, look, 
if you don't understand this, don't worry about it. Because the guys who say they do fucking don't either. That's why it went wrong. Um, I thought I thought Vice was good. However, I do think that there's an element of um, it got a little bit too caught up in well, you've got somebody who can pepper things with comedy, like uh, Adam McKay can do. If you then have the over-the-top makeup that Vice had and the over-the-top performances, it kind of comes across a little bit real-life satire. So to take on Don't Look Up, I was looking forward to it. However, the need to have every single character be a recognisable star... Was distracting, wasn't it? Feels a little bit like... Right. What you're doing is every scene that happens, you're waiting to see who's going to fucking turn up Mm. rather than watching the fucking movie. And so that is a little bit... If this had, let's say, DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and then one or two of the other ones, Fair enough. But the fact that every character has to be a notable star just felt a little bit too much. But I was interested going into it just to see what what the fuck it was about, to be honest. And the fact that I, it is set up a lot more like a satirical black comedy. Mm. Yeah. And Bex... What were you expecting? What what this film was, and kind of like what what it what the kind of the end result is. Um, I think it's it's a weird one because I, I think it's probably suffered from delays, and its main kind of um, thing that it was probably going to be trying to satirize was going to be mm. climate change. But it feels, because of what's going on with the pandemic and the people that like deny the existence of it and won't get vaccinated and stuff like that, it also works as being kind of about that that. as well. Yeah, but it takes it from being thought provoking to just kind of depressing (laughs) window onto the world, Um, and it, it, it kind of. You can't really satirise something that's already... It feels like we're living in a fucking satire as it is. There, there is an element of, of that where, 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 where if, somebody, if somebody turned around and, and said, yeah, but that isn't exactly what would happen, you could kind of go, you, I, I, put the fucking news on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd, 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 like I said, I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think it was delayed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was by a year, um, I think. So I think I think that's maybe muddied reaction a little bit because it doesn't feel so much. Big Short felt felt like it was telling you about something that a lot of people kind of they knew vaguely what had happened, but they didn't understand how and all the inner workings and all that kind of stuff. This feels like a telling off more, and people don't like to be told off. That's a fair point. 
Yeah, I, I, that's that's such an interesting point. I mean, it it is a film that just feels like it's going. Do you do you see what I'm saying? Do, do you see what I'm saying? Right. No, seriously, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, but do you know what? Another film that came out a few years back, which I think did it had exactly that tone. Black Landsman. Yeah, yeah. It's the. I think um, we've used the phrase a few times. Uh, it's the Sledgehammer to a Walnut. Yeah. Um, don't look up. Is Sledgehammer to a Walnut cinema? Mm. Um, it is. I'm. You know. I'm not. I'm not going to call it one of the best films of the year or anything like that. It's not going to be anywhere near my top ten. Um, I think that. It, it it is much too long. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think it like we were talking about with the King's Man earlier on. I think it is Adam McKay going Netflix, give me money and leave me alone. I you know you will have these stars, and it will be this amount of money that you're giving me. Leave me alone. Um, and I, I I think there's definitely faults to that. But unlike with Vice. Vice felt like I'm going to tell a story from the past, which is related to the present, but I'm going to do it in a very, just a very, very smug, look at how smart I am kind of way. I think there are aspects of Don't Look Up that do um, speak to that. Um, like there, there's something that happens early on where it's like, no, this this is actually a real thing. Here's their logo. And then they never, and then they never do that again. Yeah. And that was the kind of thing that, like, in my mind's eye, Vice was full of shit like that. It was, yeah. Where it was like, you know, and it, it this, this, I, I think this makes a wise choice to actually go. Well, it's not based on real life, so we can actually get into the characters a little bit, as well as telling this story. Um, but do you know what? It's it feels like a lot. It's interesting with Black Klansman. People weren't going. We already know, you know. Like it, it was, and I think it's because it felt like at the time there was enough going on with uh, as Spike Lee calls him Agent Orange that it, it was like okay, this is a story that needs to be told, like and and people need to know about it. Climate change is this whole other thing where it's like people do know, but people, I, you know, and I am going to say as well, you know, with with the left and the people saying we know, maybe not doing everything that we we, we could that is probably necessary to actually stop these things because you know, unlike with um, Black Klansman. You know, treating your fellow ma- like you're a different coloured person better and with dignity is an easy thing to do, which does not uh, uh, rely on us making sacrifices. Climate change to actually properly fucking uh, combat climate change, you will have to make some fucking lifestyle choices. You know, and 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 th- th- this is the thing. It's like people are being reminded of this stuff, but also fighting back against it because oh but you know no uh, other oh, things that we have to do are so hard you know and it, it, it's there's a spiteful 
aspect to how people are going against Don't Look Up in in, in, cer- in certain ways that make make me feel like yes, people are saying essentially people are saying I uh, why are you telling me this? I already know. But it's because they also don't want to consider the things that they need to do in order to actually help it. And they're, 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 maybe that's me. Maybe that's me reading into things a bit too far. But I think it's interesting that with Black Klansmen and Don't Look Up, I think they are doing similar. Similarly, fucking look at this things. But the reaction seems to be wildly different. Like Black Landsman, nobody seems to be coming out saying they fucking hate Black Landsman. Or at least among like the uh cross section of people saying they hate don't look up. I, I I and I think that's kind of interesting. I think that Adam McKay I'll stop monologuing in a second, has made a film which isn't for the people going, Oh god, we know. You know, it it is an A-list film basically designed to catch people and go, look at these people you know. Here's some shit to think about. Mm-hmm. And it, I it, think it, it achieves that job. I think it achieves that. It, it, it's, it, it, it truly speaks against this thing of people who are film fans, you know, um, and... We are a part of that. Um, there need to a lot of them need to realise that you are not the only film fans. Film doesn't exist for film fans. It exists for everybody, mm. and it, it exists for people who enjoy films rather than people who really enjoy. Who, who would who it is a big deal for them. Yeah. And so those people might just need a little bit of a nudge. Yeah. Or might, or might go, or go, actually, that was quite interesting because of this and this. Mm. And, 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 and that's, that's fine. You know, like, and I, 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 sorry, just to be, just to be clear, I'm not saying that what we were saying earlier on, the message of the movie is good. Therefore you should like the film. I'm, I'm saying that there have, I, I, I think there are people who are like, yeah, it was all right. Or, I didn't get on with it because blah, blah, blah. But the people who are really vociferously coming out and saying, I fucking hated this film. How dare Adam McKay and co-writer tell me what to think? No, they've not helped themselves in their reaction to that. But at the same time, there's a part of me is like, they didn't start it in this case. It's the people that like the people who have been really fucking neggy about it have triggered them. Yeah. And I think that those those people, I, I just I don't see how you can say I've seen Don't Look Up in a lot of worst film of the year lists. I don't see how that's the fucking case. No, it's like you said Bex, there earlier. Um, people don't like being told off, mm. or people people don't like being told you're stupid. Well, yeah, yeah, um, and and that that's what it is, um, and people's. People's egos get bruised by it. They do, and that's the problem uh, there. In terms of for the actual the the, the the film of itself, what do people think? Um, the, the, the more like the actual the film making rather than the message. I thought overlong, indulgent, entertaining. I'm gonna leave it there for now. 
Go on back, sorry. It is over long. I agree with you there. Um, Cast-wise, I think most of them were pretty good. Yeah, I don't think there's a bad performance in it. There's a couple of characters that I think are a little bit of a miss for me. Which ones? Um, I think... um, I don't get... I don't get why they've done Jennifer Lawrence's character like they've done her. No. No. I don't get that. In what way? In the way that... What they're trying to do is they're trying to make her cool, young astronomer rather than the the more nerdy. Not stuffy, but more nerdy... Or the astronomer, astronomer uh, that DiCaprio is yeah. there, which is fine. Before he gets his glow up makeover. Yeah, which is fine. And I, I get that idea. But then, and, and, and this might be a mark tick that I have. And I do have this. The, the fact that she, uh, when, like, the, it, when they work it out, when what's it name works it out and says to her, and her first reaction there is to go, I just get high. Fine. But then to repeatedly, three or four times, again, bashes on the head with it. Look! Look at her getting high! Look at her getting high! Look, she's calling young. Look, 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 look at the weed there. It's a bit like, right, we get it, but then that feeds into the her just being the screaming fucking... Yeah, yeah. Cat lady. It, that, Is it, 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 I don't know. I just I, I I thought of her as she doesn't really have a place in what society is now. Like the only reason why DiCaprio does is because he's the astronomer I'd like to fuck. Um, well, and, and, and he's you know, and composed, relatively sensible, and communicates yeah, himself better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he becomes he, that. He 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 takes that on, whereas yeah. she's then seen as this. It, it, it it's but it's basically you can be okay in society as long as you're media trained. That's it. Is is what it seems to be is what it seems to be saying. Very cynical like point of view there, but I think that's what they're doing with Lawrence's character. Oh, that, I, that, that's it. I, I think it. I, I think that I, I absolutely agree. That's what they're doing. I just think that they that they could have done a little bit more with that character, and then she ends up becoming a little bit too dimensional. Um, yes, yeah, towards the end of it, and it and, and I I don't think some people might say, oh, I think you know it was a little bit underwritten for Lawrence. I I don't think that. I think Lawrence has a bit of a a bit of a whiff that she's just kind of fucking turning up on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, Somebody who's definitely not just fucking turning up is Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett's really good in it. He's, I really liked her. Character. I thought she was fantastic I mean, she in was it. Was a bitch. I, Hell yeah! I thought she was fantastic. The the, the scene where again, I, the great thing about this movie is nobody really, with the exception of a couple of characters, are actually they're all fallible. Mm. Everybody has a flaw. DiCaprio's character is trying to do all the right thing, but he has a flaw in the fact that he gets a little bit caught up in it all. Well, and he 
cheating yeah. on his wife with Kate Blanchett. And so he ends up cheating on his wife with Kate Blanchett. Um, but then her reaction to them finding out of going, can we just skip to the bit where you leave now? <laughs> was perfect. Yeah, that shit's brutal. Was fantastic. It just, it made sense. Um, Ron Perlman fucking shooting at an asteroid from his garden. <laughs> Having said that he was doing it for the gaze. <laughs> yeah. Was was very fun. Jonah Hill. What? Thoughts. What? Thoughts. I, 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 he's, I, I kind of, the thing is, I think about it now. And it's like, Jonah Hill probably hasn't done that character a lot, but it feels like he's done that character 50 times. Yeah, it's the problem is, you get the feeling that from the fact that that Jonah Hill, without question, grew up with the guy that he's playing. Because he grew up around this society and he grew up from a very wealthy background. Um, and so he knows the guys that he's playing and he knows that he's that, that, that there was a danger that he could have essentially become that guy but he's just Jonah Hilling it yeah he is very much Jonah Hilling it but it kind of works it's kind of fun the thing is there's a there's an element of truth to him essentially his his thanks and his thoughts and prayers been to things because things are cool. to stuff. <laughs> yeah, stuff. that was. You kind of look at it going, "Oh my!" There's, 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 there's an "Oh my god, what a prick" thing, but then there's also a bit of a "Oh my uh, god, it, yeah." At least he's been honest, he's right? Yeah. No, I mean, that, no, I mean that's it. It's like you love your friends and family and things like that, but life would be. Shitter if I didn't have my Apple Watch. Yeah, there's an element to that. And I like the fact that he is just outright superficial. I also liked... I liked... There's there's, there's two bits of Jennifer Lawrence's thing. By the way, I didn't think Jennifer was bad in this. I just thought her character... I just didn't give a shit. Mm. But there's two things about her character that I really quite enjoyed. The Jonah Hill with the... With the... I told him to put a bag on your head. They don't do that. That's a CIA. But I told her to do it. And she's like, yeah, I kind of thought it might have been you. <laughs> uh, their little patterns were quite good. And her constant, I don't get it. He's a really high-ranking general. Why would he charge us for <laughs> snacks? <laughs> was a great running joke. And she handled it beautifully yeah. throughout. <laughs> One thing, one really little niggly thing, just before we move on from, it just reminded me when we were talking about Jonah Hill, that annoyed me. What? So you know when the world explodes? Yeah. And it's showing all the debris in space and stuff? Yeah. Her handbag is one of the things that shows... No, but yeah, the handbag he's got is his handbag. He has the same handbag as her. No, I think he's just supposed to be holding her handbag. No, yeah, he he has the same handbag because he has it in a different scene where she's got the same one. It's just he's got a handbag. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah. Niggle sold. Um, also, as well, it, it does have a fucking great end film. You've got the coda at the end and the bits like that. Yeah. But a great end line to the film. Where the, the, the DiCaprio manages to deliver it really fucking well. That does make you go, fuck, that was quite good, that. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 
You know, I, I, I did enjoy the setup and payoff of the Branticle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you should be saying, what sad. happens? Well, apparently you get killed by a Branticle. What's that? We don't know yet. We'll find out. And then it happens, and it's like, that is a Branticle. <laughs> he was really good. Rylance. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, he was obviously supposed to be a mix of, like, Jobs, Elon Musk to an extent. There's... There's been a little bit of this is a bit ableist, and it's I kind of slightly get that. I get it. I I get it, but it's it. But but there's also a oh fuck off to that as well. You can't. No, I mean you can't have. You can't have like. Are there any? Like genuinely autistic actors, like I'm, I'm like I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Like, are, are there? Yeah, there, 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 there probably is. If but... if there are, it would be great if they got the chance in this film. But it doesn't feel like the opportunity. It it, it 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 doesn't feel like there was anyone who would have been suitable for this role in this film yeah. who would have been able to tick that. Box. It brings it back to the. Which, is that a good thing? No, I, I, you know, I you know, it, it, it's not. But it is where we are, we are, and I I I didn't find violence offensive. The thing it, it brings back to the the the, the, the thing of actors play parts if you have to have somebody who is already that thing to play that part that's not why acting exists it, you, you, you're fucking around too much with things you need to stop <laughs> you, you, you know if you want to have transgender actors you can't then say alright we want to have transgender actors which you know I'm not saying I'm against absolutely for it but then you're almost saying to them, but they have to be able to play transgender parts. Well, no, they could just play parts of whichever. Yeah. It, it's people need to climb down off this fucking rock that they're on and point and shouting at everybody, but from it. it, it, it it's a don't hate the player, hate the game kind of scenario. It's like if the system's not built in the way that promotes uh, people being able to get the level of career that Mark Rylance has to be able to play those parts authentically that's not Mike, Mark Rylance's fault and it just to circle back I, yeah I thought my, Mark Rylance was really good as well you know like it, it just it's a there, there are some decisions that are being taken with that part but I I, I I thought they were fine he doesn't have media training but he's rich enough and a genius enough and that whole part where like uh a Rylance is like saying you're going to die and you're going to be alone and then Meryl and then he, Meryl Streep's just like you are so lucky he loves you yeah, yeah you're so lucky he likes you the good thing there is the the, 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 the what is it thing there is he is the fact that he states that it's a 99.4% possibility and they've worked it out, and then it ends up not being fucking true. But Meryl Streep's character does get killed by the Broncosaur. <laughs> Brontorax, sorry. Um, there was 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 amusing. Brantacore. Yeah. Um, was 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 I thought was was very amusing. 
it was going to be a thanks I hate it until they until she died. I said to you, didn't I? When we watched it, if the oh. bad guys had gotten away with, oh, you knew you knew something was going to yeah. happen with yeah. that ship. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely knew something was going to happen with that ship uh, that was there. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's too long. It is too long. Um, it's a little bit too scattered. Um, and it's I don't think it's unfocused I just think it's intentionally scattered Um, it won't be anywhere near my top 10 of the year but if people have got it as they're in their bottom 10 of the year it's a little bit like did that just push your buttons yeah I think it feels performative Mm. Um, but I I don't know. I, I I don't want to assume people just to fit my my fucking viewpoint or anything. You know, it. it I, I just I it, the the reaction to the film just feels very very over the top, mm. and I I I I think I I don't know. I think people just need to again. If if it feels like the anti Selma to me, you know, I I people were falling over themselves, fucking throw plaudits at that film and you know it was telling a message and it was, it was telling it in a way that people liked and it's like don't look up is telling a message and it's yeah it, it's sledgehammer to a walnut but a lot of these fucking films are and what i, I, I it just it, uh, uh, also makes this different also as well it's odd it's odd also well people have been telling you softly about climate change for 30 years. <laughs> it's about time someone started using a fucking sledgehammer. Mm. Well, and, and that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. It just it's, it, Adam McKay's not going out there saying everybody needs to be fucking vegan and everybody needs to really think hard about exactly what they're doing in their lives every single day. It's not Joaquin Phoenix directing Don't Look no, Up. It, it's the guy who directed Anchorman. The thing is, in terms of the climate change thing, very briefly, I will say my views on it uh, very briefly. Everybody should be doing the little bits or the medium bits that they can. Even if it just slightly impacts their lives. Everyone should be doing that. Whether the fact is that climate change will not reverse and will these things will not have an impact unless corporations and businesses actually actively start doing things. At the moment, the, the finger-pointing and the you need to act, and the, we need to act, you need to act by doing this, you need to act by buying this, by doing this or subscribing to this and you need to act by doing engaging in these things that that's fine but it, it is not going to fucking create even a fucking dent until I mean, my- until <laughs> until massive corporations start looking at the, the way that they do it because the amount of companies out there that will go we run a paperless office you can go that's bullshit yeah <laughs> yeah my, uh, my, my work doesn't come up here very often. But if we're going that down that track, just very quickly, if you're thinking about making investments or where your pension funds are invested, 
have a look at ESG funds, um, environmental social governance funds that, you know, the focus of those funds is to invest in companies that are actually trying to do something for the betterment of society and the planet in general. No, you may not make as much money. And we have had complaints from people saying, why are you promoting ESG funds instead of the funds that are going to make me more money? That that is those are complaints I have seen, um, but if you if everybody were to start invest, if pensions were suddenly invested predominantly in ESG funds, that's the kind of thing that will actually enact change because <laughs> like fucking fund managers will see, all right, that's what people want to invest in, and then those funds have the fucking money the, 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 to actually spend on those things. So, you know, over the course of 40 years, you may get a return on your investment plus 15% instead of 25%, but hey... You know, you've made that bit. You made that bit of difference for the planet for your grandkids and things like that. There are things that can be done. Or uh, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, yes, corporations need that, but, but there are things like that that you can do, which will also in influence corporate steering. The company I used to work for, um, Luke Roper, um, in 2019, I believe, were approached. Uh, in December, uh, in um, November, by um, the Rainforest Alliance. Uh, I can say it's not work for company anymore. Um, and they were approached by that um, to take it on as a one of their sponsored charities. Um, said that we were doing what we could for um, saving the rainforest and for more for being more uh, eco friendly. Um, the guy who dealt with the the marketing and bits like that wrote out this big email saying we're going to go with this and all this lot and you know we're going to it's going to be now on our labels and bits like that. The owner of the company, Simon, stopped it dead in its tracks and said, "No, absolutely not. We will do it next year. We cannot tell people that they need to be more fucking eco friendly when we use single use plastics." We um we don't reuse this and basically said we, we are we can't tell people to be more eco friendly with the way that we are running our business now. We need to spend a fucking year getting ourselves so that we can then say to people, people need to start being more eco friendly by getting our, our own fucking house in order. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, they did. Yeah. They installed a pellet system um uh, within the office, so that's why the heating and the warehouse was run on. Mm. Um, all of the, the packaging, uh, they cut down the packaging, I think, that was used in uh, distribution and sales by 70%, and all of the packaging was then um, made out of 100% recycled materials. A lot of the clothes are now made out of 100% recycled materials that Luke Roper did. Um, and they... All of the cardboard is reused, sent back. So they did, they actually did it. They made the office 90% paperless, didn't just call it paperless, actually physically made it 90% paperless. So that the next year they could then go, yes, we can do this now. 
So that company there, so it's not a big company, but actually looked at something and rather than just saying they were gonna, that, that, that people should do it, they looked at it in-house and said, no, we can't, pract- we can't preach this because we're not practicing it. We need to fucking practice it. And I, I, I thought that was a really, I had a conversation with Simon about that, uh, the old company I worked for at the time and said, I think this is a, I think it's fucking brilliant that you're actually going, no. Because most companies would have just gone, fuck it, yeah, put it on, on there, it look good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <sighs> I don't know. It, it, there, there are things that can be done and it, it, it feels like, things are turning in that, that direction and it's like I with don't look up I just you you, you can't hate the intent if you've got I, I, I don't know I'm just I'm going with that moral equivalence like with with the quality of the film thing it, it, it's I, I don't know if if you're that annoyed by the film I, I it as a lot of film Twitter seems to be why did you watch it in the first place yeah yeah or like what is it about the film that's annoying you? Is it, you know, is it the fact that you're being told some things that you kind of don't want to listen to? Or are there are there actual film... Is it just... It was like being lectured to for a couple of hours, you know? And in that case, I suppose... I suppose fair enough, uh, you know, but I, I thought it was more entertaining than that. Yeah, um, I'm definitely not shit on it. Yeah, same. I it, God, it's a fucking marked improvement on Vice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, definitely not shit from me as well. Uh, our audience poll. Definitely shit, 35%. Touching cost, 24%. Shit, 24%. And Geostorm, 17%. Yeah. So a mixed bagger. Uh, we do have some questions. Uh, we do. At Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd says, Merry Xmas and a good new year when it comes to you folks. Uh, thanks for the year's entertainment. Well, you're very much welcome and thank you for saying thank you. Cheers, Rick. Um, and, and thank you for the questions every week. It is very much, we do look forward to these. Yeah, fucking MVP. Yeah. Uh, what, are your mo- what are you most looking forward to in 2022, film-wise or otherwise? No more lockdowns would be great. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I kind of think that's going to happen, whether for good or bad. Yeah, to be I, 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 I agree there. I, 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 uh, I, I do hope that it, it is the year where we kind of start to see the the, the, the back of COVID. The light at the end of the mm. tunnel. Yeah, it, 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 it would be nice. It, 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 it's taking its toll a little bit. It, it it feels like we're not going to see the back of COVID, but we are going to get to a place where it's just like we're just going to have to deal with yeah. it. And but with mitigations in place, like as long as boosters are a thing that continue, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that personally. But I get that it's a it, it's a subjective thing. Um, I. Where's Anderson's Asteroid City? Sorry, I just went into the film thing there, and I just sorry. Mark. No, 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 I agree. Yeah, just saying. Just uh, but what I will say is, is just get a fucking booster every six months. It's no fucking big deal. Yep, straight just up. Just do it. Um, 
if that's it, if that's it, every if 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 to combat this and to get back to anywhere near the normality we had in 2019 is that every fucking six months you've got to get a little jab in the arm and feel maybe a little bit shit for a few days. Sweet Christ, everyone just fucking do it. I'm going to be very on brand and, and say that I'm really looking forward to as well going to university. I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> yeah. and just with the booster thing, the trick is with each shot on each day, just make sure you get really drunk that day as I have for all three of mine. <laughs> so that, yeah. the next day, it's just like, well, if I'm going to feel like shit, I may as well be hung over. To be fair, we went for a few pints after our boosters, didn't we? Yeah, Boom. yeah we did actually, yeah. Yeah. So works like a charm. Film wise, Wes Anderson. Yeah, Asteroid City. I'm fucking pumped for that. Really looking forward to that. Do you know what? Fuck it, right? Every day's Christmas Eve and all that. Avatar 2. Go on then. Fuck it. Oh, IMAX 3D Avatar 2. Take me to another world, Jimmy Cameron, you mad bastard. Uh, my, my prediction, Avatar 2 will not come out in 2022. Um, You're really looking forward to it, Moonfall. Yeah, I mean, well, it, really it could well be. Moonfall, I am so much looking forward to fucking Moonfall. <laughs> I mean, Moonfall's like February. Yeah. That's the thing, right? It's like January, the new Scream. I'm really looking forward the to The new that. Del February, Moonfall. March, Operation Fortune Rue de Guerre. Uh, which is out March. Looking forward to seeing Churches live. Only been listening to that band for fucking years and have never seen them live. We're all going to see Churches and that fucking weekend that film is out. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking go. Like, So if Manchester is going to be we get there, we go watch Operation Fortune get pissed and go watch Churches. That's a fucking night. That is, that, that, that's a good fucking day, that, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, just general life. Let's see what it fucking brings. I'm always quite an optimistic person. Film-wise, I think we've got next year a new Fincher. Yep, The Assassin. A new yep. Del Toro. Um, mm-hmm. A new Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a few others in there. Which I'm really oddly looking forward to. What? The Black Phone. Oh, the Derrickson yeah. film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ethan Hawke, innit? Um, I'm going to America for a couple of weeks. COVID pending. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Well, uh, yeah, we're actually going to go abroad next year, aren't we? COVID pending. Fuck off. Yeah, we? yeah, we, we're going to go abroad next year because we've not been abroad for... <laughs> I don't think you've been abroad since I've known I you. I don't think we've been abroad for like 14 years. And it, there's for no reason, is it? It's just logistically, like with kids, it's it's yeah. hard. I, I wouldn't want to go on holiday and have to share a room with my fucking kid. No, that's weird. <laughs> so, okay, I've got to think of how many fucking countries I've been to with locks. Right, Morocco. I'd like to go to Morocco, not with Isabel though. Holland, Germany, Spain, Italy. I swear there's another. The thing is, we, 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 we actually people who like the idea of travelling just haven't travelled yet, have we? But Morocco, right? That place is crazy. You fucking haggle with everyone. You'd fucking love that, wouldn't you, Bex? <laughs> when we were in Turkey, you loved that, didn't you? I don't know if I've got the energy. For I was terrible at it. Yeah, you were bad. They literally go, go, 
it, 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 it's 10,000 lira and I'd go, all right, and they go, and you'd be like, no, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> I'd go, they'd be like, well, I'll just pay that, sorry. <laughs> you'd be like, 3,000 lira. <laughs> Chen Stroker Mike, I'm very glad your first shit in the new house was abused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking what for. What a fucking WhatsApp message to have, sorry. That's a fucking, it, it, there, 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 is, there is a lot of Mike Ball chat on our WhatsApp. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Jones, um, what modern day IP would you want to see deal with the turmoil of WW1? The thing is, right, Andrew's ruined this for me because his follow-up tweet talking about the kitchens of Nancy Myers films in World War I scenarios has completely mentally blocked me from thinking of anything I else. I have one answer for this. Go on. I have an answer for this. I thought about this. Right? So, what it is, you know the weird time clock thing in Deadpool 2? That can say, what is it? Right? Cable and Wolverine get drunk with the time clock, right? Mm -hmm. And just keep sending Deadpool back to the front line of World War I. And he has to keep on Groundhog Day just fucking running over the fucking front line. Because they're drunk and they just keep on pinging him back to it constantly. And it's just that for a 90-minute movie. What about Mr. Bean going over the trenches and then just somehow not dying but killing a bunch of motherfuckers? I'd be all about that apart from the one thing. You hate Mr. Bean. I fucking hate Mr. Bean. Mm. I just want him to get killed. Mm. Yeah, that would be difficult. Really violently. (laughs) Like Conrad? No, like really violently. Really violently. Yeah. What? No? What's your specs? I don't really understand the question. What IP would you just... What property? Oh, intellectual property. Yeah. Okay. Um... The standby me boys are transported to the front line. I reckon they'd get on with it all right. I reckon they'd make the best of it. Like, like the, you, you, the, the, like a general will be like walking down like the fucking in, in, in the trench and they just open a thing and look in and then they've made like some little clubhouse in the door with their playing cards just looking at it going look out there it looks, it looks fucking nasty out there no way what about Akira and he just goes and fucks it all up Akira fucking hell oh that would be the way yeah. that would be the way wow Canada <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one that one thanks babe <laughs> yeah uh, that was all the questions we got. What are we covering next week, Ian? Uh So, we have got Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. We're, we're begrudgingly going to cinemas that we don't have unlimited passes to. <laughs> yep. We're, we're, we're throwing some sick coin at that movie, aren't we? Yeah, we've got yeah, all the way to fucking right York, we are. We? Yeah, we've got to travel. Our I mean, nearest cinema is York. Our nearest cinema is an hour away. <laughs> Brutal, yeah. I mean, I've 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 got like a solid half-hour drive, and it's the everyman, so the fucking screen will be the size of a postage stamp. So, really looking forward to I that. I think we're all right. I think it's screen one. It's playing at city screen. I fucking hear the city screen as well. I don't. It's a pretentious pile of bullshit. I like it. It's yeah. still a good cinema. What else? Um. So, the Lost Daughter is on mm, Netflix yeah. from tomorrow. 
probably won't be watching it tomorrow. <laughs> no. No, well, no, we'll be, no, no. We'll be, we'll, we'll be, like, we'll be ringing my New Year's Eve in with that. <laughs> I will be pissed in fancy yeah, dress. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about it next week. Um, yes, we, we, will, we, will be, we'll, we will be in fancy dress at the pub. Nice. And, and, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that'll probably be it for main reviews. I mean, uh, you know, uh, January's going to be kind of a lot of catch-up and whatnot, but... Um, we got the three five five the week after next. We got Scream the week after that, and I think we got Nightmare Alley the week after that. So you know, they, they, it, it keeps coming. It keeps coming. Yep, Belfast as well, as well. Yeah, uh, Belfast is up in there at some point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, quite right. Twenty third, um, same weekend as Nightmare Alley. Cool. That's okay. a double bill. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, that's a good double bill. That. Um, so that'll do. Um, this show is going to be over three and a half hours long. Jesus Christ! Thank God we're not recording a Michael Mann tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 chose wisely to 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 leave that to next week. Yeah, we did. Oh my God! Right. Uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. Um, we are PodSyndicate.com. There are other podcasts there. The Iron Sequel. James is back with a new series of podcasts in the new year. Uh, I am definitely guesting. And I'm looking forward to talking about the film that I'm talking about. Um, also, Chinstroker versus Punter, Mike. Like, mass, just seriously, massive congrats on the shit. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know why I'm saying no. No, doesn't have a podcast at the moment. Hi though. Um, hi <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, has new Dot Martins. Yeah, he did get some new Dot Um, Jordan and Lauren are coming back with his film, her movie, in the new year, and you know, just a massive congrats to. Uh, the rewatch project is uh, um, still around. Mike did a fantastic shit, which I'm sure Hannah is very, very grateful for. And I'm looking forward to them talking about it on the next show. Round of applause for them talking about it on the next show. Um, that looks well confused. And same at Landfill, uh, uh, which I think Mike will be calling his toilet. Um <laughs> Well, well done, guys. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, just all, all together, well done. Um, I think that's going to do it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks, Ian. It's been emotional. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. Folks, happy new year. Aww. Happy new year. Da, da, da. <laughs> Bye. Bye. One pill makes you larger and
one pill makes you small And the ones that mother gives you
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.